0: all right it is time we are less than a week away and the best way to put pen to paper is to bring on my friends to talk and do a live mock draft for you here on 444 let's get it going yeah. <laughs> hello and welcome to move line i'm ryan Noon, joined by my friends that you are familiar with connor allen john daigle scott smith and we are bringing in the heavyweight the muscle at this time of year it is our friends. Vegas refunds and we're gonna do a mock draft uh how we doing start with you vr what's going on bud
1: happy to be here ready to do this
0: yeah, vr took the initiative to uh, kick us and get us going and let's uh you know we obviously we're talking about this all day long all the time and uh let's just do it we're uh what six days away it is close i think we are starting to have more fully formed opinions and I wanted to go through the process of uh, of doing a mock draft. If you are hanging out with us on YouTube, watching live, probably the best way to do that. If you're listening to the podcast form, we're going to be bringing up the screen and walk you through a mock draft. We'll try to make it as podcast friendly as possible. Uh, likes, rates, reviews, all those things, wherever you are. If you want to get a betting subscription, get the official picks from us over at 444. You go to 444.com slash plans, uh, and you can get the betting subscription. It takes you through next football season. You want to get access to it for cheap, $5 deposit, with our partners over at Vivid Picks. Uh, go to the App Store, download Vivid Picks, use promo code 444BET, uh, and you'll get an email from them about 24 hours later how to access a three-month betting subscription, get you all of the draft stuff. So uh, we are, we'll are. we probably go around, take turns, probably do a little bit of communal style, but we'll do our best here to uh, go through and make some picks. So let me bring this screen up here. There we go. Technology is working. Um, I'll start here. Any disagreement with Bryce Young at number one, VR?
1: Just, yeah, just slot him in.
0: Slot him in, okay. <laughs> All right, so the draft starts at two. Common uh, common thing you will hear, anything that you're doing. Hey, the draft starts at expect uh, this year. It is two. You can make a case that the draft starts at three now, Connor. We are getting some, uh, I don't know, positive reinforcement here. The markets have moved in a similar way. We discussed doing maybe a second mock draft because maybe there's a, I don't know, uh, an inflection point here at two with discussions of what's going on with the Texans. Can they afford to not take a quarterback? Uh, Which defender do they like? Some of the stuff that we touched on
2: on Tuesday's uh, show. But uh, Connor, I'll kick it to you for the Texans here. Yeah, for me, I'll just just start it off with, I think that they're going to have to pick a quarterback here. And part of the reason is because, you know, everything I've been hearing behind the scenes has been that Nick Casario had a pretty tumultuous offseason, you know, kind of bumping heads with the ownership a little bit. Didn't necessarily get his pick for the head coach. Uh, And now is at a point where if they don't pick a quarterback, I mean, you're rolling out Davis mills case Keenum again. Like it seems like a spot where I don't think he makes it through the year. At least if there's a rookie, maybe you can sell some hope. So I think that based on everything we've heard, will Levis is their second ranked quarterback on the board. That's my current lean. Now that being said, I think that, anyone could be like a kind of a sellable quarterback outside of Davis mills case Keenum. If they trade for Trey Lance, where there's rumors been been rumors about that, or someone of that caliber that could at least sell hope uh, that they have the illusion of winning, I think would make sense. So personally, I will, I lean will Levis, and I'll kind of like start it out there. uh, If anyone has any, you know, other thoughts on kind of this pick.
1: I'm literally good with anyone, but Stroud, like (laughs) in terms of like how I would rank these guys would go probably Levis, Tyree, a little bit of a space, Anderson, And then anyone else is just like, take a lap. Um, Yeah, which both of those between QB and D-line, we have totally different blueprints on how it can roll out. Uh, But I fully support Levis. Famous
3: last words. I am still fairly certain they're not taking a quarterback at number two. Everyone keeps contributing to the idea that they don't want to roll into the season without one to sell their fans When have they wanted one to sell their fans? I I think you're looking at it illogically whenever they haven't proven that they're going to step in. Right. Even when listening to that Daniel Jeremiah, Pete Schrager, Komok, it wasn't said as if they are certain of what will happen, they were literally in jest with one another. And Jeremiah said, but you know, Pete, it only takes one. It only takes one person stepping in. Like they have no idea and nothing suggests they'll take a quarterback here. So still in very high belief, it's going to be Tyree Wilson. And right now there's no reason to think otherwise. Uh, No reason
0: else to think otherwise is a very strong statement. Hard, hard disagree. That's Okay. (laughs) That's fine, yeah. uh, uh, Scott. I'm mean, gonna give the floor to you, bud.
4: Uh, I tend to lean the same side as Daigle. Um, n- not only is my pushback a little bit against Will Levis, um, who I-, I think Houston, if they do want him, has an opportunity to move up from 12. Um, but I-, I just tend to go with the evaluations on Stroud over wh- what you've seen out of Will Levis. We've heard that you know Hendon Hooker's on on some boards ahead of Will Levis and and, and some of these other guys. So. I'm leaning at one of these two edge rushers and either Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson here at two. And that's what's going to be reflected in my next mock draft.
1: Who do you lean, Tyree or Anderson?
4: As of right now, I tend to lean Anderson.
3: Not only that, but remember, Texans have number 12 overall pick. They have three picks on day two, including the number 33 overall pick. I'm pretty sure they get something done to quote-unquote sell their fans even though again they're not trying to sell their fans anything no one's ever stepped in and tried to sell texans fans anything at all and so that's where i think they get quarterback done with trey lance only because of the ties with the dc in, in houston with D'Amico ryans uh that's where i lean right now i genuinely
0: don't think there's any interest in a quarterback at number. Five. i agree with patrick in the comment section here um yeah theoretically yeah, they have the 12th pick but we have i think we all agree or <clears throat> are in some of the same circles and discussions that the Colts have him have Will Levis, whatever we think of the prospect, the Colts have him as the top guy on their board. So theoretically, yeah, they could trade up, but what are they going to select two and three? Um, That seems a little bit uh, of a tough sell to me for them to, to get up to three to make that happen. Now, again, they have the resource to do so. I'm not saying it can't happen, but I feel like, you know, that your inner division rival has the guy there as well. I mean, they have to know that if we know some of that stuff too. Right. So like, uh, we're interested. It's interesting here. So we kind of have Connor with a not super strong Will Levis take. I'm going to, I think VR was more of a stronger Levis take. And then we're split there with uh, with Daigle and, and Scott in terms of what's going to happen. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to break the tie because I guess I, as the host, I get to do that. Because uh, based off of what the market's telling and some of the movement, this is a Will Levis based off my portfolio. Gosh, better be Will Levis. So um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, you know, we have the second one. I'm keeping a second one on the side and we could talk through that. Uh, at the end of the show, once we get through the first one. So Dagle says you got o- overworked here. Um, uh, first of all, I know your discussion or your opinion here. Trades are your non-trade guy in mock draft. I will just say if anyone has a really strong take and they want to make a trade when I'm tossing the pick to you, we could discuss it as a group too, but I know Dagle feels pretty strongly about not making the trades, but, uh, JD, I'll kick it to you for, uh, the Cardinals at three who are again, obviously I bring that up cause they're pretty popular. Trade. I
3: also I also just think the trades are common thought right now. And it, they don't make much sense considering I don't know who has the capital to move up. Like the Eagles have the capital to move up, which is why when I hear like Eagles moving up to eight, for instance, to grab B. John Robinson, the Eagles have all the plethora in the world. No big deal. It doesn't hurt them whatsoever to take a running back. But the Titans, again, three picks in the top 146. They're rumored to come to three. I don't know how they get up to three. I don't believe the Titans trade up at all. Uh, That's why I think they just stand put or trade back instead. Um, Who else would also move up to three, maybe the Raiders, but since Patriots cronies all think alike, they don't have opinions for themselves. They all are literally (laughs) saying all three in Josh McDaniels, Michael Lombardi and Nick Cesario, that they are down on CJ Stroud and don't consider him a real prospect. In that case, I don't think the Raiders are moving up at all either. So no, I think the Cardinals just stay put as they've done to this point of the process. And We've all heard, and I believe it's the right sources, they have Tyree Wilson vehemently over Will Anderson. So if Tyree Wilson is here, that's where they go. Otherwise, we have a real conversation about what they do. And I just think, although Wilson is ahead of Anderson on their board, that does not mean Anderson is not the pick. I think they may just settle. We've all seen their defensive depth chart. It is absolute garbage, especially in trying to replace JJ Watt. So I think it's just an easy call here. Although it's not sexy, it's not fun. I think it's just Will Anderson if Tyree Wilson's gone.
1: I do think if Levis goes two, I think the Lions are live to trade up. They definitely have the assets. And if quarterback is a top of their priority like they would have to probably let's assume jump the Colts or jump the like Colts and Seahawks would be very live for AR, which it wouldn't, they wouldn't have to give up anything astronomical from six to three. And they have the assets and I've always thought they were alive and like kind of the team that was the most live to trade, make a trade that no one's really talking about, um, which it'd be a good fit in terms of like the bridge quarterback, uh, Type team with you could argue if golf is that or not, uh, but they would have to probably jump
2: the Seahawks and the Colts if they want AR. Scott, you mentioned that on our last show that they're a team that's live to trade up as well. Uh, any more insight into that?
4: Yeah, the, the, the two two people that – two players that I've actually like looked at and seen them, it, it, one is Tyree Wilson, and the other one was actually Stroud, surprisingly. I, I just don't think from a fit as far as Detroit that Anthony Richardson is going to fit within that offense and the way they want to run things. Um, it's, it's too big of a jump from Golf to Richardson. So I believe that if Detroit is going to be live to go ahead and move up to three, it would be for Stroud.
0: We do have, in this instance, Will Levis off the board at two – and Arizona kind of essentially making the pick. Pretty good intel, trusted source that we all agree that seems to say Tyree is ahead of Will Anderson on the Cardinals board. Um, I think that that's an actionable source. that's proven to be actionable in the past. Um, I trust that, Connor. Um, So what are your thoughts here with pick three?
2: Yeah, I would lean Tyree. I I like having multiple sources of confirmation uh and it seems like that's what we're getting but i know vr is nodding his head over there i you know generally i'm only at like one or two right now but maybe you have you know a couple other people chirping in your ear saying the same thing
1: yeah yeah i mean I, it, there's a couple of certainties in the top five it's one price is going one and then based off of what everyone's heard or whether it's lance's airline or people behind the scenes uh that the cardinals have tyree ahead
4: uh, and just looking at at the, the list of meetings, they've had multiple meetings with Tyree Wilson, including a top 30 visit. So the, the Arizona Arizona Cardinals have definitely been kicking the tires on Tyree Wilson, and I would definitely put them a little bit more in that camp rather than Will Anderson.
0: All right. So currently uh, uh, Will Anderson, three and a half is, we just discussed it too, uh, to the Texans. But uh, you know, interesting thing here with the Cardinals, um, VR four with the uh, with the Colts. What are your thoughts now that their alleged guy Will Levis is off the board?
1: This is like the hardest one. If Levis is off, um, I'm just gonna go AR. Like you hear Richardson totally like bombed his interviews with the Colts, but then we have CJ Stroud who <laughs> those uh, McGill or McGinn whatever his name is this morning about his. <laughs> elementary level S2 test, whatever the hell that is. Um, is It's just a tough scene um, where if I hadn't seen that, like I would like if, <laughs> if I didn't know he got like an 18% on his S2, I'd be like, okay, Stroud, like just pencil him in F4. Um, but at the same time, I would say I would probably AR and like pencil, um, but I'm not totally... Like sold. It's one of the two quarterbacks.
3: The one wrench in this Noonan is that, as we know, uh, for a shameless plug, Kevin Bowen, who has covered the Colts for over a decade, came on the 4 for 4 podcast, the most accurate podcast, and said the one thing that has stuck around between Chris Bowder and Jim Irsay has always been quarterback accuracy. And yet, Will Levis, he even said, is number one on their board. And if C.J. Stroud's here, literally – There was no one who had a higher completion rate who had more accuracy in both intermediate 10 to 19 yards and deep 20 plus yards levels of the field than C.J. Stroudon's class. That's the one thing I keep trying to wrap my head around. It's like if it comes down to accuracy, take an accurate quarterback. Literally not the most inaccurate quarterback outside of Anthony Richardson and Bill Levis. But we've heard from. I think it's four separate voices who don't have Patriots ties and they have different opinions and come to different conclusions that Will Levis is the number one quarterback on their board. And so that's the only reason I keep coming back to Levis going at this pick if he's still around.
1: It didn't Stike – isn't there a quote on – from him recently – maybe it was like today where you have that accuracy aspect, but then he something came out where he thinks accuracy can be taught as well. Like if your numbers in college weren't – That's an amazing quote. I need to find that. I think, I I swear I I saw something. Uh He did
2: say that. Yeah. Which is outrageous, but he (laughs) did say it. He
3: he may actually be biased too, since Jalen Hurts, who is an amazing story because he legitimately improved every year. Whereas Josh Allen was a train wreck for two years. And then because he picked up golf, it clicked. Like he even says, I learned how to swing differently to make different shots. And I took that to my football game and I learned how to throw the ball. Uh, And so Jalen hurts is such the anomaly. But if, if you're, you have recency bias because Steichen developed hurts, that would make sense. Totally in an NFL mind.
1: And uh, right now, if AR doesn't go, he could fall if someone doesn't trade up. But if Stroud doesn't go, like, I think his ceiling is the Raiders, we would assume, um, which, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, if you And if you want to make the we'll connection get there. to the Eagles, we'll get there. the Eagles with, like, AR fits the Eagles offense uh, more since that's the offense that he's bringing. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll let you guys decide this one.
0: I'm comfortable with that. I think, I think Scott really wants CJ Stroud here. I, I could go there. That's just fun. my just based off of uh my reading of Scott. This doesn't mean Scott gets his way. I'm just trying to read Scott's <laughs> body language here a little bit too. So Scott, what are your thoughts?
3: And quickly, Scott, let's note to everyone, Scott is literally a top five accurate mock drafter in the nation for the last five years. That's the person you should listen to. The rest of us are donkeys. So go ahead, Scott.
4: <laughs> I just look at it and and look, we're here, we're here trying to connect the dots and grabbing at straws of any piece of information that, that we can get. And throughout this entire process, and we start talking about the S2 and we start talking about some of these, this negative information that's here come out here on Stroud over the last few days. Um, Brady Quinn said he didn't show up to the Manning Passing Academy. And then Stroud turns around and says, well, I never committed to the Manning Passing Academy. Then you have the S2 test that's been, you know, getting a whole lot of a buzz in pub lately. But like you have teams like Houston that say don't they don't even subscribe to the S2 test. They have something completely different. So. I think when you, you have to sit here and connect the dots a lot of this and, and, and you, you're talking about the unknown, you know, what's gonna happen within these, these rooms. I tend to lean and fall back on the grade that is, is there for some of these players. And I think Stroud, throughout the entire process, has had the higher grade than what you're looking at here with, with Anthony Richardson. There was a lot of buzz after the combine because he ran fast, was super athletic, and all of those things. But we knew all of that going in. I, I think when you look at the body of work that Stroud has there in college, I don't see how that Anthony Richardson would be the pick over Stroud.
2: The Stroud buzz to me almost feels a little bit like on Thibodeau kind of esque last year, where we got like word like, oh, he bombed his visit to the Giants, we bombed all these visits, is not a good fit. And then he ends up still going to the Giants anyways. Like, I know that we're hearing kind of behind the scenes, not quite as publicly, that Stroud has bombed his visits, but at the same time, like it has been just like a negative drumbeat for the last week and a half on Stroud with all the stuff that Scott mentioned that was, I mean, fairly easily debunked on some of it, but like he just hasn't had that public support. So I don't know. It, it does almost seem like the Colts could be ecstatic and he would want to be the number one quarterback on their board, you know, at four over Will Levis, even though we've heard otherwise. So I don't know, just something to keep in mind, I think.
3: It My only issue with that, and I'm not even saying you're wrong, like I think it's right. I think if you're talking about accuracy, Stroud very clearly over Levis, Stroud is amazing. The only thing is we knew from the very beginning, Brian Dable, Joe Shane, and Mike Kafka were playing a different game than everyone else. Where Ursay and Ballard have never shown us that in just the last few years of Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan. So that's my only thing is saying that I don't think they're smart enough to play games, to be honest. But I could be wrong, and Stroud over Levis would be would fit the
2: mold, honestly. So it makes sense. I mean, the early buzz was that they like Stroud. At least that's what I remember. Uh, Noonan, I don't know. You wanted yeah. to jump in there, but... Well, well, I want yeah, to ask do Daigle agree. because yeah. uh,
0: when Daigle came on last week with his mock draft, he had Will Anderson for to the Colts. Will Anderson still on the board in this process? Uh, has anything changed for you? Or where are you at again? He's, you know, we're talking just kind of one or two quarterbacks, but you know, the guy that you slotted in your mock. And again, so much information changes, so I'm not holding you to a mock you made two weeks of ago. Of course, just curious what your process is
3: for the Colts and the Lions. What changes for me is that I didn't think CJ Stroud would be there, and now. I guess we're confirming he will be, and I think that changes for a lot of people from four from pick number four on, and so your mocks should change considering now we have to play the smokescreen game that Stroud will be there. So of course, like, and the fact that Scott think is piecing the dots better than myself together. And thinks that Stroud will be number four. Uh, that makes me happy because it does make sense. And the only reason, the only hump I could not get over was the news cycle hump. And so there's clearly something blind in my game, maybe. So yeah, uh, I like that. Scott's on that because that makes a lot more sense, honestly. All right, one
0: word answer. Sorry uh, for your no for your pick, Connor. Uh, it's Stroud. JD. There you go. Gosh. yeah, I heard. Um, <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's Stroud or Levis. I'll no, still go Levis right now. Levis is change- off the board. No, he went one, second.
0: One word. Sorry. Levis is off the board. He went second.
3: Oh, that's wrong. Uh, Stroud.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so wrong. All right. Stroud it is. Because uh, I know Scott's answer. Uh, I'm with you, VR. Uh, I'm kind of on a rich there. Uh, all right. Seattle, five. Uh, Scott, I'll let it kick to you. You know we talked about Anthony Richardson being an option there. Um, we feel pretty good. And Daigle, I know, probably will inter- want to interject around – feel like they want to cross Jalen Carter off as an option there, even though there's probably a, a team needs fit. There seems to be enough of a drumbeat there that Carter seems to not be an option for them. Great spot for them. Seems like Will Anderson's on the board. Seems to me like an Anderson or Richardson discussion, Scott. But I'll let you uh, get started.
4: Yeah, I actually think uh, Will Anderson's easy selection here for me as far as like nomination. Um, I, I think Jalen Carter is in play. Here And I also think Anthony Richardson's in play here. Um, it, really, for me, I just think Will Anderson, while he might not be the elite prospect that a lot of other teams or even some evaluators think he is, he's maybe the cleanest prospect um, of what's left here. And we, we talked earlier in the season, whenever we talked about four quarterbacks, possibly going one through four, how, how excited Seattle would be. Um, with that. Um, in, in this situation, I'm going to go ahead and lead Will Anderson. They, they could probably use three edge defenders in this draft coming out of the first couple of rounds. Um, so I, I think he would be the, the selection here and just check off you know, more of the boxes, whereas Jalen Carter, you have some off the field concerns um, you know, as far as him. And then Anthony Richardson, you have some development concerns as to whether or not he's going to need a red shirt year or two before you can go ahead and, and trust him. So here, I just think Will Anderson checks more of the boxes for Seattle. What you got, VR?
1: Yeah, I, mean, I think it, in terms of like prioritizing how Seattle will go, I think it's Anderson, Richardson, Tyree, Jalen. Jacob you like, want to cross
0: Jalen Carter off the list here?
3: I would like to, yeah. Uh, again, that Peter Schrager, Daniel Jeremiah, mock they together. Everyone can listen to it at Move the Sticks. They collaborated, and they had not talked before then about their intel And both had separate conclusions as to why Jalen Carter is not the pick. That alone is enough for me. Danny Kelly also, who is very tight with the Seahawks organization and just loves the Seahawks, like passion in their organization. So he pays attention to everything. Also crossed Jalen Carter off the list. That's enough sources for me. The only reason I continue putting Anthony Richardson there to them is because in most of my mocks, Anderson and Wilson are not there. I assume they run to the board for whomever's left over if one of those two get there. So, if one of those two are there, like Scott said, Anderson's the very clear pick. Uh, Connor, pick to the Seahawks.
2: Yeah, in this instance, Anderson. I, I do, I disagree slightly with Luke. I think that they have Tyree Wilson ahead of uh, Will Anderson, or at least it's like a coin flip right now. I think it's a little bit closer than you're suggesting, but I do think AR is in play. I know our buddy uh, Rob Statton has gone on about that. Uh, I think very much in play with Geno Smith on a one year contract, you know or, you know, a contract set up so that they can easily get out in one year. So that's the only way I'd flip it. But otherwise, I think we're all in lockstep. So.
0: All right. I'm gonna pop Will Anderson in there. Lions uh, had some, I don't want to call it take lock, but maybe we've had a little take lock in terms of what's happening with the Lions uh, VR. I'll let you get started with your thoughts on Detroit at six.
1: So I do think, like, Witherspoon is, like, the consensus pick here. Uh, that's who I'm definitely – going to recommend for the pick at six where I do think it is a little bit overblown that just because they traded Okuda, they're like automatically going corner uh, where even like on DraftKings, the the odds of corner were like minus 250 and then a couple days ago I checked and all of a sudden D-line was minus 105 and corner was even odds, which was like, why? Uh, But it would be Witherspoon, Carter, definitely allowed to trade back or trade up. Uh, but I, I just think Witherspoon's kind of just as easy of a pick right here as Anderson was.
0: Scott, floor is yours. I know we've been talking about the Lions as being a trade-off option in this scenario. They have a quarterback fall to them. Um, what are you thinking? You've also kind of been a you know a little bit of a, a Gonzalez guy over Witherspoon as well throughout the process.
4: Yeah, I have pushed back on uh, you know, Witherspoon being the first cornerback off the board due to some of the trends in past history of the last 10 years with the with GMs drafting underclassmen as the first defensive back off the board. Um then you had the news come out today where you had some Lions players get suspended, uh some indefinitely, um, you know, one for, for six games. And they also fired some coaches from what I understand, and some staff members for some uh gambling that happened inside of the facility there in Detroit. So when you start looking at some of that, I, I think that kind of takes a little bit of the steam off of Jalen Carter being the pick here. Um, okay. I would still kind of push back and have Gonzalez maybe as being the, the pick over Devin Witherspoon. Um, I, I, As I've said, I think it's a 1A, 1B situation. So if, if somebody wants to go Witherspoon here, I'm not going to fight it that hard. J.D., where are you at with Detroit?
0: Completely agree.
3: I'm having a tough time pinpointing Lions, especially because VR, behind the scenes, I know we have discussions. He personally set C.J. Stroud's line at six and a half. And I (laughs) think it's perfect because Stroud had the most work done, arguably, in the entire draft by Detroit. He seemed to be the quarterback this team wanted. And now I think there's a real chance he just falls to them. And so do they just reconfigure their entire draft board with another pick at 18 to make sure they get Stroud here, I certainly think it's possible if he's there. But Witherspoon makes sense. Jalen Carter, I have no idea what they think of character concerns. I think they would be out, but I could be wrong there. So I'm willing to listen. I think Witherspoon makes more sense than Carter personally.
0: Connor, where are you at? I know we've been kind of you know lockstep too with, uh, to with Witherspoon, Detroit in terms of you know the man tendencies based off of how he was used at the U of I uh, based off of what Detroit liked to do last year, running back similar, you know, coaching staff and some of that stuff that you would expect the scheme to stay the same. And uh, you know, not to say that Christian Gonzalez can't come and play man in the NFL, uh, you know, Witherspoon just has kind of been an easier fit for me.
2: Yeah, I kind of agree. Also Lance Zierlein came out today and said that uh spoon tested better than Gonzalez in S2, you know, since that seems to be the common buzzword around everything, who knows how much that shit even matters for being a corner, but Whatever. You know, I think it's a talking point that's worth, you know, at least addressing Patrick brought up in the chat. Carter isn't known for gambling, just incredibly reckless driving. I think it's more the concept of bringing in a troubled player into an organization that, uh, you know, is already kind of going through a little bit of turmoil right now. Uh, and so like having your kind of rock in place there and not having gone through just a gambling scandal to bring in a guy who's a little bit, I guess, seemingly troubled, makes doesn't make much sense. So I'm going to go with Witherspoon here. But honestly, I don't feel as good as the odds suggested as right now. I think for like a large field market, like I feel like there's a little bit more volatility. I'm just not really sure the best way to approach it at this point.
4: The other pushback I have against cornerbacks specifically at this position is that the the staff has come out and said that they're not overly concerned that that cornerback is a top priority for them with, with things in the way it's going. Also, when you start looking at this draft, there are deeper positions and, and, and cornerback happens to be one of them here in this draft. And with them at 18, there are some players that they've brought in and have visit with that happen to play cornerback. So uh, I do think it's a situation where you could see them address the cornerback position at 18 rather than here at six.
1: hundred percent, hundred or like if they go like Jalen Carter, then you might as well like subtract a spot on every corner over under in the twenties right now, because that's just going to drag them all down. Um, like Banks is at like 20 and a half which might as well be 19 and a half if they go Jalen um, or 18 and a half I could not agree with that more
3: if I could flip one card to show everyone in this draft it would 100% be Jalen Carter's landing spot because I think that would open up the rest of the draft and mocks for us honestly
0: yeah I kind of agree like I I liked it I hate that it's like move to the consensus. And uh, I think Scott's point around the depth of the position, even the second round, uh, there are some viable cornerbacks that I think are going to go in the top 50 of this draft. So, you know, if something happens, this is why the way this board's fallen with even Richardson there. I, I just don't think that that's, I wouldn't comfortably cross that off. I think that's very much in the uh, range of outcomes. Connor failing to give a shout out here.
2: Yeah. I dropped the ball here. Dane brought that up in one of our little degenerate group chats there. So shout out Dane uh one of the i don't even know if i know anyone else who bets more on the draft than dane so shout out to him serious <laughs> like a serious yes. sick puppy man that guy's like a sick human being in a good way in a good way
0: <laughs> uh for the sake of the process we're gonna go witherspoon and keep the train rolling here with uh the Raiders to scott here at seven uh let you get your first thoughts on the board here
4: Look, I, I think there's a, a ton of ways that, that the Raiders could go here. Um, you know, they, their defense I, I've been harping on for a while has just been absolutely atrocious um, and has really been kind of the, the reason why I think they've they've lost so much. Um, you, you've got Anthony Richardson here on, on the board. You've got Jalen Carter as well. I've heard that Jalen Carter is not in play for – For the Raiders, Um, for whatever reason, I I don't think things have gone quite as well as what they they could have there. Um, So I'm hearing that that he's off the board. You've got offensive line that's that's come up. But look, I I think I'm going to go ahead and kind of end the fall because I don't know how far how far the fall would go. And I'm just going to go ahead and and put Anthony Richardson here at at seven for for the Raiders. If if not here, then it's going to be a long fall.
0: Stagel, we've talked about the Jimmy G contract. They did a great job structuring it, allows them to lock into Jimmy G for a couple of years if he stays healthy and performs and gives them flexibility to get out of that if they happen to land in a spot like this where they can add a true difference maker for the long term. Uh, What are your thoughts with the Raiders at seven?
3: I don't think I have strong thoughts on Anthony Richardson. I'm not pushing back, certainly, especially since McDaniels is the one who previously overthrew Denver management. And traded up for Tim Tebow. That was 100% his choice. And Anthony Richardson is not Tebow. He has a much higher ceiling. But in terms of a project quarterback, like Daniels has already taken one on for high capital. Why couldn't he take another one on? So definitely don't hate it. But I still have, in this situation, these picks down to one of Christian Gonzalez, Paris Johnson, or Peter Skaronsky. I'm hoping VR maybe has a lean on either Paris Johnson or Peter Skaranski because I think we're hearing both, and I don't know which one the Raiders would prefer if they're leaning tackle over every other position.
1: So so there's like three – there's a couple scenarios with this pick, which I think seven is probably – like in terms of if the Cardinals don't trade, I think seven is like the most live, seven and eight. Because teams like – like if the Texans don't go QB, let's just say. For teams like the Texans and the Titans at 11 and 12, trading up into seven for, let's say, AR who might be falling, both of these teams, being the Raiders and the Falcons, can most likely, there's a good probability that they can get the same guys at 11 and 12 that they would already be taking at seven or eight. Like if the Falcons are trending towards Nolan Smith, like they can probably get him at 11 or 12. Uh, They might be able to get Christian Gonzalez at 11 and 12. And then you have the the Bears, the Eagles. If they want Jalen Carter, they can trade up to seven or the Cardinals trading back to seven and getting Jalen Carter anyway. Um, but Charlie Campbell, who I think most know um, on Walter. He's pretty accurate. Yeah, he's pretty, he's very accurate. And they've been harping their connections to the Raiders and they've had Paris Johnson at seven for over a month at this point. And like, I you know, I don't want to, I'm, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid here. Um And Paris Johnson's over under was 10.5. And I want to say two days ago, it got crushed down to 9.5, which 10.5 was kind of a dead number anyway. But I saw there was nothing that I saw. There was no discords that I could connect the dots as to why Paris Johnson's over under would come down, other than something like him going earlier, like seven, than we expect. Um, If I'm making a mock, I'm putting Paris Johnson and Charlie better not be wrong. Uh, but, Gonzalez, <laughs> no. but Gonzalez probably is the safest um, pick and probably most likely.
0: The problem with the Raiders is they need pretty much everything. So it's really hard to like land a needs-based selection here as a, as a tiebreaker because they don't have a long-term solution to quarterback. It's one of the worst defense defenses in the league. They need edge help. They need corner help. Uh, and they could use offensive like, line help. So they're like, really, really hard to pinpoint.
1: Like if I'm making a mock draft, I'm putting Christian Gonzalez. But if I'm making a bet, I'm betting Paris Johnson at seven. Because, Connor, his odds, are, because his odds are way more fun.
0: Yeah. Well, that makes sense. And that's an interesting point too, right? Cause we're, we are talking about this more from a betting standpoint than, you know, team needs and how we want the Raiders to be, you know, ready to, to hit the field in 2023. Connor, what are your thoughts on, uh, on the Raiders? I do agree that just for a multitude of reasons, and I don't want to make light of this, they cannot pick Jalen Carter. Like, Lives have been lost, yeah. Already with with like <laughs> no, excessive speed, Uh the Raiders in the last couple of years with early first round picks. Like, I, I, again, like they cannot pick Jalen Carter. Just, just is a really tough one for me to swallow.
2: Yeah, he hit the nail on the head there. So no Jalen Carter. Uh, I think Paris Johnson, Christian Gonzalez, both are in play. Still kind of trying to decipher which one they wind up, wind up picking. I think Anthony Richardson is very much in play as well. But uh, I mean, there were some rumblings about. I don't know, maybe. Like They need to win now. Uh, I mean, they have Jamie Garoppolo, but he's, f- I mean, fragile. I don't know. I, I, I'm I, pretty torn on this pick, honestly. If anyone has a strong take, we can just go that way.
1: Like, I, if like Titans trading to seven, Titans taking AR, the Raiders are probably going to get Gonzalez at 11 anyway. I know we're not doing trades, John, but uh, like that one just makes sense. I love
3: me. how everyone points at me because <laughs> behind the, behind the scenes, out not, of it. well, I think trades are a beta move. I agree. Yeah, i agree. go ahead I agree. and I'll put that on record. Yeah.
0: Cheap uh, way out, cheap clicks. Yeah, I won't do it. But, uh, you know, the, some familiarity with the Patriots and the Raiders. Uh, some familiarity with Josh McDaniels and Mac Jones. Um, you know, I might just be fanboying out and want to see AR in a uh, red, white, and blue uniform. Because that would be a lot of fun. But uh, Connor's giving me the, the nah wave. But uh, go ahead, Daniel. The Raiders start the
3: beginning of teams where you then start arguing who is higher on their board. And that's the hardest question to answer in this draft, right? Like the Eagles at 10, who is the highest on their board? Because they have their pick of the litter. You could do that for the Texans at 12. You could do that for the Packers. You could do that for the Ravens, for the Jaguars, for the Seahawks again at 20. Um, This is when it gets really tough because it's really just becomes a guessing game from here, honestly.
0: All right, Scott, uh, one name
4: to the Raiders. Look, the pushback I'll have is that if Anthony Richardson doesn't get here, it's just as easy to slide him in down there to Tennessee at 11. So I, I'm fine if we go Christian Gonzalez. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I agree. I, I don't have an issue with it.
0: Okay. That was uh, well said. and yeah, It makes it nice and easy and saves us time. Uh, we are on the Falcons at eight. We've had uh, Falcons feel similar in a way to like the Lions, in which we've kind of felt like we've landed on this group consensus of like it's such a home run spot for the the falcons to take Bijan here where you get a little bit of uh input i think from producer dan a uh passionate uh passionate i think ut fan and uh falcons fan but i don't know what he's wanting to do here uh but he's in the chat i'm going to let you uh contribute here and i'll uh i'll let you get started vr with you know kind of the, some of the alternatives and if you want to kick on some Bijan stuff for the falcons as well before we uh hear from producer dan
1: yeah the three trending names are going to be van ness which it feels like he's falling Nolan and then Bijan uh, where Bijan I think is the favorite for this pick, but everything that you see on Twitter or, what, or all the Falcon experts are implying Nolan, um, which I'm kind of just defaulting to those and going with Nolan. Um, he makes sense for multiple, multiple, he's a great fit. I think they're going, I think he would be like an outside linebacker there this year, uh, but Yeah, I'm just going Nolan. I think it's a two-headed race between Bijan or Nolan, um, which I would love to get Bijan out of the way right now because he's the other (laughs) landmine that we have absolutely no reason to go. Yeah. Um,
0: If we kick Bijan down the road here, this is going to get really interesting.
1: Yeah, I'll go Bijan. Yeah, Bijan. (laughs) All right. Dan thinks it is
0: Nolan Smith or Van Ness does not think it'll be uh, Bijan. Uh, Yeah, I mean – yeah i get the Nolan smith thing too i'm also thinking like all right so these are falcons fans they're probably georgia fans too so maybe there's a little bit of like i don't know fanboy bias where like they're thinking hey we want to keep our you know our guy in town i don't know that could be me just pushing back a little bit on that too doesn't mean that he's a better fit or a better player than van ness uh but dagle what are your thoughts here on the falcons And I think Nolan
3: Smith really starts at five, honestly, with the Seahawks. If Anderson and Tyree Wilson are gone, uh, I'm down to two picks for the Seahawks, Anthony Richardson and Nolan Smith. That's where it starts. And so it makes sense if you think they go edge. I still don't think they go edge. I still have B. John Robinson. I haven't budged off of it. Nothing has suggested I should budge off of it, so... I'm right now still confident in Bijan to eight. And it doesn't matter about whether you think it's right or wrong and team building and uh taking on a fifth year option for a running back doesn't matter at all. I just think it's who they draft.
1: It's Skronsky's live here too. Like I think O-line for the Falcons is like a like a very dark horse. Uh, but like Skronsky's definitely live, or even Paris. Um as well. I think Schrager had Skronsky here. Someone has. There's a couple that mm. I've just seen Falcons going O-line. Um that gosh, fight.
3: that means they that means they immediately kick him inside, which is a given given at 314, but like that's a team declaring, hey, you're playing on inside immediately. Yeah. And to be the first offensive lineman, that's pretty wild.
0: We could have that same thing with Skronsky, though, right? I mean, Skronsky very much could be uh, you know, especially the first couple of years, depending on where he lands, could play p- could play guard as well. So uh Connor, thoughts on the Falcons? I know we've talked about coming off of the Bijan stuff. Your recent mock had something different too.
2: I mean, I had originally ruled out a guy like Jalen Carter at eight, but I don't think we necessarily should. I mean, they signed Calais Campbell, but he's old as shit. Uh, And like, you know, if they really think that they can uh, improve Jalen Carter here, like, you know, again, if they think that they can change him, I think he's a a great fit on basically any team. So personally in this spot, I would probably just go Bijan because we've actually heard some tangible reporting. But I know that like that was my biggest pushback before. was like we just haven't heard anything outside of like, oh, it makes sense. Now we finally heard some reports like it's more than just it making sense. So I think in, I think in this spot it's probably either Nolan Smith or Bijan, but I, I mean it could go a variety of directions. Scott, where are you at, buddy?
4: My push back on Bijan is that uh, that's a coaching staff that has shown that they can generate production in the the rushing game without having an elite like pass pass rush. I mean, er, elite rusher. Um, the opposite side of the ball. They finished near the bottom in nearly every pass rushing metric there is in the NFL. They hired a new defensive coordinator who's from down here in New Orleans. Um, I've actually had some run-ins with them. And I, I think that th- they can produce as far as rushing, but they've shown nothing to show that they can produce with what they have as far as a pass rush. So I would tend to lean a little bit more towards Nolan Smith at this point in time.
3: Man, they the only thing I keep coming back to is that Connor mentioned Campbell, but they also overpaid David Onyemata to fire to, to follow Ryan Nelson to Atlanta. They overpaid Caden Ellis as well as an off-ball linebacker, like a three-year $21.5 million deal. Like that's it, crazy. So it just seems like they have so much money already tied into their front seven that I don't know, man. I just can't wrap my head around it.
0: And they did add a couple of second round edge rushers last year in the draft to, you know, maybe they want to give those guys a little bit of look as well. Um, sorry, producer Dan. Uh, we do not want, I just don't, I don't want to kick the can down the road guys. I just, I don't want to mess her with. Uh, Honestly, I think it's best.
3: Yeah. Like, I think we get this out of the way. <laughs> Otherwise there are going to be so many arguments about Dallas trading up. I don't <laughs> want to have them at all. <laughs> no,
0: I don't want to have the Patriots discussion here either. Uh, we have him buried using thanks to our friends over at PFF. We're using their uh, question Ultra simulator.
3: Noonan. Does it stop at 10 anyhow? Like if we kick Bijan down the road, is the should the line be 10 and a half because he doesn't get past that?
1: Bijan. Washington I mean, smoke. I
3: mean, Washington's not taking him. That's complete smoke.
1: I mean, you got Caesars so his over under. You got it 15 and a half is his line on Caesars. That's wild. And then I think it's 12 and a half on FanDuel. So like literally no one has a fucking clue. Yeah, no
2: <laughs> one has any idea. It, like, seems
3: very, it seems very much like I just assume it stops at 10. It's like, yeah, yeah well, Eagles just, take them. We'll we'll take care of the rest later in the first round. No big deal. Yeah. I mean, especially he, if we think vanessa or Miles Murphy dip, which, you know, Murphy, as we've all seen, his line has increased of late. Uh, VR, what did it get up to? 15 and a half?
1: Uh Murphy? Yeah. So it was it was like 19 and a half. Went down to 18. Then it came back up, and then it went back down. Um, so yeah, it's it's just teetering between like 18 and 19, which 19, you have the Bucks, which is a trendy pick towards where I guess that's kind of the key number, I guess you could say, um, in yeah. terms of the over-unders, um, which that over-under is way too low if you just use mock drafts. Um, but it's guess, too
3: juiced, but I still think the Bijan number is 10 and a half. Like, I think that's the fairest number, but again, under 12 and a half is too juiced, so you can't even bet it.
1: Yeah, like Bijan's under uh, and Caesars at 15 and a half is like minus two something but then the over at 12 and a half is like minus two something too. Um, <laughs> so it's like,
4: what a joke. Michael Lombardi did point out on his show yesterday that uh, he's been told by two GMs that Bijan Robinson will not make it out of the top 10.
0: Yeah. yeah it, Cause ready. the Eagles stopped that slide for sure. Yeah. Well, so the, you know, it's, it's a little bit easier as you get towards the bottom of 10 um, to stomach, you know, in comparison to what happened with the giants, because again, it always comes down to, and I, you know, like Sam Monson over PFF had done a great job really, at kind of explaining this essentially like positional surplus. Because if you draft Bijan inside the top five, you are paying him as if he's a top three running back in the league. Part of the advantage in good team building comes from building roster surplus at the position. So it's a little bit easier to, to swallow what you're paying Bijan. I'd say they're like closer to here, eight, nine, 12. Uh, versus, if you were to pay him where you know the Giants took Saquon, because um, again, knowing that he probably has that in his range of outcomes to be instantly one of the top five running backs in the league, it's just very hard to ensure that if he is, well, then he's just kind of meeting the expectation of where you are in terms of where you're you're slotting, you know, financial alloc- allocations to the roster build. So a little bit easier once you slide down. And again, he is it definitely feels like. One of those generational talents at the position, Dagle.
3: We do also have a quick update as all the hef in the chat says Bijan top ten is even money on DraftKings. And I just bet it live and got seven dollars and fifty cents down on it. So get ready for the line <laughs> to move due to my ass being limited, like everything else I'm limited on.
0: Thank you, DraftKings. Fantastic. Uh Connor, you? the Bears at nine we've made a pick we've made an official bet in the uh four for four discord uh you me and scott aligned with uh, a player going to the bears who has now fallen i guess is you know again the jalen carter stuff is one i'm dancing around jalen carter's agents uh been very clear hey we're not meeting with you outside the top 10 uh not because we don't think a team could trade up um we're not meeting with you unless you're telling us you're trading up because we have basic guarantees that uh Jalen Carter is not falling outside of the top 10 I'm sure the Eagles would love to land him as well they have needs up front uh but again so do the Bears what are your thoughts Connor on uh, Bears at nine
2: yeah from my understanding uh Jalen Carter was in consideration for them to be the number one overall pick alongside you know when they had the pick uh alongside Tyree Wilson so uh, in this spot if they're able to trade down get multiple first DJ Moore in second uh, I think they would be ecstatic to land a guy like Jalen Carter. They've done extensive work on him. Uh, Ryan Pohl seems pretty convinced that he can kind of, you know, change that character as well. Uh, we don't have a massive sample size for him, but that's just, again, things that I'm hearing from people who are basically been spot on all offseason about, you know, them trading down with who they're trading down, the potential candidates, things of that sort. Uh, another guy that was brought up that we bet on uh, in this spot is Darnell Wright. Uh, and I think that he would be a great fit as well. So I think if Carter's gone, the pick's Darnell Wright. But in this instance, Carter's here, so for me, it's uh, for me, it makes sense for it to be Carter. Traffic is bad in Chicago, uh, Patrick. <laughs> uh, sorry. I was more worried
3: about, or You're not worried. worried. I was more looking at the avatar of what is that? Superman kissing Batman. How did you not notice that? That I did I'm not,
0: not to look at. Yeah. Oh boy. that that is the, that the is, comment. Uh,
3: just thank you for hanging around, Patrick. But yeah, that's what I was. It's kind of like <laughs> anime porn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to the folks listening in podcasts, but, uh, that's why you watch live. <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh, VR, where are you at with the bears, buddy?
1: Yeah. it's Jalen just, yeah, it's, he's gotta go. <laughs> so, um, I agree. I think here. the only way he doesn't go here is if the lions take him at six or the Eagles trade up and take him before the bears.
0: Yeah, Scott, what are your thoughts on that? Because this is uh we're in Jalen Carter range, right? This is the the floor for sure.
4: Yeah, I don't have much to add. The only other person that I, I've seen very well connected to the Bears is what Connor already mentioned. That's Darnell Wright. So those are the two players that I have locked in here is Darnell Wright and, and Jalen Carter. And I think if Jalen Carter's there, he's going to be the pick.
0: All right. Jalen Carter, nine to the Bears. Now we're at the uh Eagles. With the 10th selection, and I still think that this is a, especially with the way that the board has fallen, I think this is another great trade-out spot. Um, they can do that. They've had a tendency doing that. I think yeah, I pushed back on this a little bit. There are a million teams, and we'll kind of get to some as we continue to get down the board that would love to trade out. Just haven't heard of a lot of teams looking to trade up uh, and having you know, not identified players or situations to trade up for. Uh, but uh, I'll let you get started here, Daigle, on uh, 10 to the Eagles.
3: I was hoping you wouldn't call my name because it's literally just who's highest on the big board and I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, We'll kick it to
1: VR.
0: VR's got thoughts
1: here. Good, good. Oh yeah. Skronsky here for me. It just makes a ton of sense. I think the only way like Eagles O-line been on it for months uh, where the old, like, unless the Bijan falls, I guess, or Jalen falls would be the only two scenarios or Skronsky going doesn't even, not even making it here. Uh, but they got two offensive linemen in Kelsey and Lane Johnson, who will probably be are at the twilight of the year, is probably like one to two years left. Uh, they do need a guard. You bring Skronsky in, you throw him in, at guard. But when Wayne Johnson retires, let's just say you move him over. Uh, it just makes so much sense. He is the best offensive lineman in this class. The only reason people are knocking him because his arms aren't long enough. Um, and Yeah, I don't even know if Scranty's going to get here. He's he's light. I mean, he is light. That's why they're knocking him. Light? Like weight?
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. For NFL tackle, 314 is pretty small.
1: Okay. Compared to the rest of these
3: guys, yeah.
1: I would say the arm length is like the top narrative that you hear about him in terms of not being a tackle. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess his weight, too, which is fair. Uh, But I just think the Eagles' O-line is, with Scranty, it just makes too much sense if, Bijan, Jalen are off the board. I guess they can think about Christian Gonzalez, or he already went, didn't he? Um, Yeah, he did. Yeah, we
0: put him to the Raiders.
1: Yeah, so I think O-line, Skronsky makes a ton of sense um, for me.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't hate it. My only pushback to that would be similar to what Scott did uh, earlier when we were talking about later picks, too. Like, there are some tackles that will probably be available to them when they pick again at 30 um, or some guards looking for a guard in the short term, there will be some guards. I think that could be available in that range as well, just as a matter of if they've identified another position. Cause I do think that that's something they'll want to address with some of this early capital. So, uh, I'm good there with Skronsky. uh, shout out to the chat, um, the Quentin Johnson thing. This is PFS rankings. These are not my rankings. Uh, I know Quentin Johnson is going to be hanging out for us here for a while <laughs> uh, in terms of him showing up as one of the next guys on the board. He'll get drafted. Uh, he'll get drafted, but you know, he's, uh, he's well i mean we'll, we'll get, get there, there eventually really. we'll get yeah. there uh but yeah he's uh it's, it's funny that he's there so i'm gonna go this is a, a take that i i'm you know i lean on vr's sourced information i think it's fine shout out to main west's finest here uh peter skaronski going
1: 10 to the <laughs> what does uh Eagles? what does scott think about that i want to hear his opinion
4: yeah, I'm actually like lock and step with this. Um, just the same thought process that you've had is what I've heard. Uh, when you start listening and, and looking at multiple different reports on Skaronsky, it's that he is the most finished product, most NFL ready of the offensive lineman that you have here. You have the kickback on on his arm length and things of that nature. And he may not have the, the ceiling that some of the other tackles have, but as far as like plugging him in and ready to play. And then you look at where the Eagles have faltered, you know, with, with Lane Johnson being injured and, and whatnot. I think this is the pick that's gonna basically help them be one of the teams that can be more steady down the down the line towards the end of the seasons and not have to be so concerned about Lane Johnson being hurt.
0: I've heard some pushback I've I've heard some pushback too on the arm length thing in terms of offensive linemen where I think it more is in like that threshold has dropped a handful of times over the last couple of years. I think it's more in play, typically, you see in terms of, like, edge rushers or defensive linemen. Uh, obviously, you don't want, like, a full-on T-Rex here, mm-hmm. but, like, you want – it's more like footwork is going to be, I think, more important to teams, especially in this instance where Skronsky is, like, just over somewhat of an arbitrary threshold um, in terms of what the arm length thing is. So, um, the footwork is is kind of through the roof. And, you know, footwork and hands, you know, I think end up being a lot more important in terms of, uh, you know, more of a football take there. What do you got, Tingle? He
3: did play all five positions at Northwestern too. So like whether like VR was saying, even if he's not viewed as the short-term replacement for Lane Johnson, just to mix in, they will likely try to find a spot on the interior line to start him. So I I think he's a day one starter. Yeah, I was just playing devil's advocate.
1: He could even be like a center in the future where I think he's a Duke Mayweather, which is like probably like one of the higher regarded offensive line. Like I think he has like an O-line school uh, that- it's like regarded as one of the highest and he has been pumping Skronsky, I want to say for like the last two weeks. Uh, And when he like, when you can see him pumping a specific guy, because I do know like his Duke Mayweather on Twitter, his opinion is like so highly regarded. Uh, You could like, his rankings are kind of like McGill's, but for like offensive line. I mean, he's been pumping Skronsky. All
0: right, so we are at 11. This is a spot where we think we've kind of had the end of the Anthony Richardson slide here, Connor. Um, What are your thoughts or any pushback on finding a home for Richardson here at 11?
2: No, I think Richardson's the pick here. If he falls, I think that there's a chance that they trade up. They're a natural trade partner with the Cardinals. I think that they had already sent out an offer to the Cardinals previously. It just wasn't enough for them to pull the trigger right away. And then given all the uncertainty of one and two that we've seen the last few weeks, makes sense for them not to move. I still think they're alive to move up to three, four, a guy like Richardson or Stroud potentially, depending on how the board shakes out. But uh, yeah, I mean, they need other stuff. Like if I was them, I would not be picking Anthony Richardson. They need everything else. But in this instance, and from what we've heard, I think that they would go Richardson. Scott, got any pushback on, uh, on Richardson here.
4: Yeah, no pushback on Richardson here. Um, the the one thing that I I have heard recently over this last week from a, a source in Nashville was that they are more likely to to trade down and, and acquire more picks or even trade up into the first round and take Hendon Hooker than they are to move up to three to to go ahead and, and take a quarterback there. So that's that's one thing that I have been hearing. Um, but you know, with the way the board falls here, anything Richardson to eleven, I think you can lock it in.
0: Yeah, it gets again more challenging to find a home for him too after this doesn't happen. Um, so we'll slot him in there.
1: You know, like uh, if Levis if Levis doesn't go two, Richardson's going probably top five. Like if Levis goes four or four, then this is when Richardson can make it or Stroud could make it to eleven. Like literally, like I think Richardson's future is based off the number two pick, hundred percent. Like he's not going to go at number two, but basically where he gets drafted is based off what the Texans do it too.
0: Yeah, and a little bit four, right? Because I'm in the mindset like I was on the wrong side of the vote, yeah, but four. I would have put I would have put him at four for the Colts, and that based off of a little bit of what we've heard. So uh, I feel, well, pretty good but about if that. he doesn't go,
1: if he doesn't go two, then he'll be passed over at four, Levis wise. But if Levis does go two, then he's got like a coin flip to go four, and then the yeah. bottom falls out.
0: No, that's true. That's true. Yeah, Levis would get him.
2: We have a, a great poll here in our four four Discord. Discord. What does VR love most? One draft props or two his vape pen. Uh, I think that's a a good uh, <laughs> good little poll that was started there. So I don't know, VR. You wanna you wanna answer that? Uh, equal. Equal.
0: <laughs> uh, we're four twenty adjacent. Are we? Or are we love just uh, you know hitting the the blueberry? What are we?
1: Dude, are I don't even on? know what day it is right now. Like, it's my guy. That's <laughs> uh, my
0: guy. <laughs> 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 all right uh, back to the texans number their second pick number 12 overall uh a, a name we've talked about makes a lot of sense here scott i'd love to get your thoughts and you kind of look at where nolan smith's line is uh he's basically lined at 12 and a half under as like minus 250 something clo- like something close to that uh we've talked about him earlier feels like a really good spot again you know you could say hey maybe they want to add uh an edge rusher because they didn't do that at two based off of what we did earlier. Or maybe you want to get a toy for your new quarterback as well, considering that Brandon Cooks is gone. Uh you Scott at twelve, what do you think about the Texans?
4: Yeah, I think when you go here and you you start looking at Will Levis, where we we have him there at two. Actually, I just looked a little while ago. Nolan Smith's uh, at ten and a half now is where his line's gotten gotten moved to. Um, I I have three players here that I would have under consideration. Nolan Smith, Lucas Van Ness, and then Jackson Smith and Jigba. I I think those are, are kind of the three players that would be here, provided that they do take a quarterback there up top. And uh, I'd probably lean Nolan Smith here in this in this pick right here, just based upon some of the information I've heard. I have actually heard that of all the prospects that that we've gotten information on, that Nolan Smith has had one of the cleanest interview processes as far as teams liking him and him coming off as a, a generally good guy that they, that teams can can really pull for him that they think he'll be a foundational piece and, and just a, a leader in the locker room. So that's some of the information I've got on him, and just you look at What he's able to do with the speed, a lot of a lot of like analysis just tend to think he's like a, a, a Lawrence Taylor type. You know the the way he had the production one there at, at Georgia, but you know his size and speed and, and what he's been able to do throughout this pre-draft process, I think puts him in this position. And, uh, I mean, and
1: if, you, if you, I mean, like even at like <laughs> the dude has the most charisma I've ever seen. Like he even like the glasses, <laughs> like everything about him, like from the glasses to just. His answers for everything. And the only thing you need to see is when he ran that 40 at the combine, and you see that clip that went viral of all of his teammates going nuts when they saw the forty time. Like that just tells you everything you need to know.
2: He's like, got Riz. He's he,
1: like his teammates still at Georgia went berserk as if they won like a hundred to one bet. Um yeah, I love that kid.
3: I can confirm that four three nine forty was also run on St. Elmo State because I was at the table directly
0: next to him that night.
2: W Riz Connor, yeah. W Riz, no cap, bro, no cap.
0: Uh, so I'm lucky to have a 15 year old because uh, a couple <laughs> weeks ago I had no idea what that was, and then uh, I had to to press my son to figure out what that is. Um, any thoughts, Connor, or anyone that wants to push back well, on on Nolan Smith? The or, one
1: thing that in that Jeremiah that tweet that he had a couple days ago, we're like actually yeah, the tweet he had a couple days ago, like the perfect fits for the Texans or whatever it was. I think he had Stroud, and then he had Van Ness, which you assumed that Van Ness would be like his selection for 12, um, which, of course, whenever Jeremiah says literally anything, you want to pay attention, uh, which I don't know if that was his personal opinion or what, but like I agree, but that's the only thing I think about uh, Texan. I think uh, Zerline might have had Van Ness here too, um, but that was weeks ago.
3: I'll throw out <laughs> one galaxy brain. This is the, the hardest I've galaxy brained all draft season. And I'm just saying, if the Texans get a deal done with Trey Lance and the 49ers that involves the number 12 overall pick, I think we're on the lookout for Quentin Johnson here for the Niners simply given that they have one type of receiver they draft. And although Quentin Johnson may be the biggest receiver in this class, he also was top 10 and among power five receivers and yards after catch per reception last year. Also 7.7 yards after catch per reception in his career. He's actually not – um, Julio Jones, although he's the size. He's actually Brandon Ayuk, just doesn't look like it. He's very bad at contested catches. So that's all I'm saying. Like if we Galaxy brain that, especially with Brandon Ayuk's deal and him reportedly trying to be traded right now,
1: uh, that's where I come to at this stage. I would not like that. But um, <laughs> but would you rather have Levis and Nolan Smith or Anderson or Tyree and... I don't even know who they'd take if they went D-line here. They'd probably trade back up, it's really hard. soon. But like... If you compare the two, you can have Levis, who they have at top, or Nolan Smith, or and let's just say Tyree and JSN. Like I would take Levis. I don't think Van Ness or Nolan is that far off from Tyree in terms of elite. Yeah,
0: because then you still have Davis Mills, right? So which supports
1: uh, Levis going to. Yeah.
0: Um, But all right, Nolan Smith. So twelve. I think you know about us doing a secondary mock draft, I and mean, maybe we could do that 12. I think is kind of where we start to get uh, you know interesting. So I'll recap for listeners real quick. Bryce Young, one overall to the Panthers, Will Levis, two to the Texans. We went with Tyree Wilson, three to the Cardinals, CJ Stroud four to the Colts. Will Anderson falls down to Seattle at five. Devin Willerspoon, six to the Lions, Christian Gonzalez next to the Raiders at seven, Bijan. Finds his home in Atlanta. Jalen Carter all the way down to nine to Chicago. Peter Skaronsky, 10 to the Eagles. Anthony Richardson slides all the way down to the Titans at 11. Nolan Smith at 12. Again, some of the early, early decisions around two, three, four. Starts to have a massive trickle-down effect all the way down, I think, to pick 12. A little bit further probably, but I think that's really where kind of is the line of demarcation
1: in terms of the variance at the top and how it trickles down. Like right. From a for from betting perspective, like Levis going too is pushing everyone up. So like based off of our top 12, a lot of overs are hitting. I think it would be like Gonzalez is under hit, Skronsky's under hit, then you got Anderson's over hitting, uh, where he's like pushing everyone up that the lines really aren't someone like Anderson isn't factoring in, I guess, totally. But
0: yeah, no good point for sure. All right. Uh, Benny Markets will have the first position taken for the Jets. Uh, Offensive lines like minus 300 or so. Scott feels like a layup. Uh, Don't believe this pick is going to be involved in anything Aaron Rodgers related, which is pending, but not to be sure uh, yet. But uh, as of now, we'll make this pick in terms of it being the Jets. Uh, What are your thoughts on the Jets selection uh, and some of the offensive linemen, I think?
4: Yeah, I tend to think it's definitely going to be offensive linemen. Um, There was a little bit of smoke uh, throughout this process that they they do like Nolan Smith a lot, should Nolan Smith fall. But the the players that they've had the most access and most connections with, Broderick Jones and Paris Johnson here, um, Darnell Wright's also another player that we haven't hit yet. Um, So I I think it could be any one of those three. Um, Just looking through, um, and it, it looks like, Roderick Jones has really been the player that they, they've they had the most meetings with uh, of the big offensive linemen. So um, I, I think there's a, a a spot here where he could he could definitely be the pick.
0: VR, what do you think? Uh, you've obviously had some Paris Johnson Jr. steam in the last 48 hours or so. He's still here on the board at 13. Um, what do you think the,
1: the Jets like? Yeah, I mean, out of, out of like the 40-ish mock drafts I track, like 95% of them have them going O-line here, uh, which I think, the only way it's not line or is if I don't even know, like Jeremiah, who is the LVP so far based off mock drafts. Cause his last one was like two months ago. It <laughs> uh, has them going Nolan Smith, but yeah, Paris Johnson falling is, is something that like, I don't think they might, like, maybe they're expecting it, but at least a lot of the mock drafts that we're seeing have him going way before that. So I would agree Broderick, uh, but you have to wonder who they have higher between Paris where, you look at, like, big boards, Jeremiah, McShay, and Brugler have Paris. Like, I think that he's ranked, like, 18 on their board. And then when you look at, like, the athletic consensus, he's in, like, the top 10. Um, And then Broderick is, like, two or three slots behind Paris. So it's not like they're that far off um, where they would just automatically go Paris over Broderick. Um, So Broderick's fun. Yeah, it feels like the offensive
0: line classes was, like, 2019, 2018, was it, where it was, like, the four – Tackles that were all considered, you know, top 15 picks. And then, you know, basically the order was fluctuating so much on the weekly up but to the draft. And
1: the last thing another you know, Jeremiah's two interviews he has had this week with Schrager, and then he had one with Rosillo. He like his confidence level from what I picked up in the context, like he was it might have been his opinion, but he was he's discussed D-line both times. He did. Where I don't think he but he defaulted to offensive line. But defaulting to offensive line, from what I picked up in his context, doesn't feel like it should be like a minus 250 lock. Like, I wouldn't go and weigh Jets' offensive line first edition um, at that juice whatsoever. Um, And he's the Jets' plug, as everyone Mm -hmm. knows. So,
0: Dale, any thoughts here? Um, You know, protecting Aaron Rodgers, who seems inevitable at this point, seems like a good move to make Mekhi Becton has been really hard to trust the last couple of years. Again, you're, we're getting uh, early best shape of his life uh, from him, which is, you know, we typically get that in late summer, but we'll be getting that in the uh, you know, late winter for Mekhi Becton. But any thoughts on the jets are uh, breaking up this, this bunch of tackles.
3: In my first mock, I simply went off of Darnell Wright's athleticism just to run a 4 at 6'5, 5 That's reminiscent of the whole reason they drafted Makai Becton for just being the most athletic offensive tackle in that class. So I, I lean still on Wright, but I also think this is where the dark horse is coming to play. This should be the first time you're hearing Broderick Jones and Anton Harrison's name is right here at 13.
1: And, M- and Miguel... McGill's offensive line piece yesterday was somewhat of a tough scene for Darnell, um, which Mm -hmm. I know like I think it's Jalen or Darnell at 9, but if Darnell doesn't go at 9 he might fall a bit, where McGill's piece was like he's just, it was basically like these anonymous scouts, quote unquote, saying he like just doesn't try, he doesn't live up to his potential his work effort, like it's all like the red flags that you just don't want to hear when you get this close to the draft um, that could but at the same time to fall off on tack. Like he's going to go in this range, but
2: um, you're telling the me
1: things that are like differentiators where he's going nine. If Jalen is gone.
2: Yeah. There's the same the, guy, the same guy who is sliding into a reporter's DM saying like, he's talking shit about him and things like that. And also his character part. concerns like, yeah. like what a surprise, you know, like I couldn't have guessed that, that, you know, that right. same guy doesn't try hard or whatever. There's other issues. I forgot so that's all, a tough uh, scene. You know, like I, it was a disaster, but yeah, I would say, I mean, Paris Johnson is still on the board here. I think that I would probably pick him, but otherwise, if he's not, I think Darnell Wright or you know, I think any of the offensive linemen. So Noonan or whoever, if you have a strong take, that's fine. But I think any of the.
4: I think we go with the higher-rated offensive lineman, which is Paris Johnson. um sure. Like I said, I, I just Broderick Jones has been the offensive lineman that's been most connected there to to the Jets, but with the way our boards falling, I, I would say go ahead and, and select Paris Johnson. All right,
0: New England at 14, another team that has, uh, well, first of all, when you have drafted a quarterback uh, just a couple of years ago at basically the same position on the list of needs here at PFF, the first thing they have listed is quarterback. Uh, That's not a great spot to be. I also feel like that's a little unfair to Mac Jones uh, based off of the, obviously, coaching situation and all the drama going on uh, last year in New England and whatnot. But, again, another team that's very hard to peg. Go back to the Cole Strange thing last year. They very much have their own board. Uh, it looks very different than most other teams, so they're very hard to pin down in terms of uh, need. It's not typically their thing anyway, uh, but they do have a, a plethora of needs here as well. VR, uh, any feel for New England? Uh, and again, the thing that we've talked about the last few weeks is some of what we heard from our friend Brett Coleman talking about the Zay Jones or Zay Flowers. I'm sorry, is the uh, worst kept secret. Um, him being on the Patriots radar. I don't know if that's a trade back spot. This feels a little rich. But what are your thoughts on New England?
1: it feels a little rich for me with Zay. And I think they've had meeting, meetings with Jackson as well, which like, I think they're, I just don't think they should be allowed to draft wide receivers. Like their privileges on drafting wide receivers have been removed. Um, but if Gonzalez falls, he's auto here. Uh, I think it's too rich for Zay. Jackson makes a lot of sense, I suppose. Where like the amount of times I've looked at the Patriots like first position odds and just wanted to like blindly bet the three that have the highest odds because no one has a clue. Like I don't, I think there's worse bets than that. Um, I would probably default to JSN here. Um, Like I I don't, if he doesn't go here, I think he might go at fifteen. I think they've had they've had meetings with JSN, and you got the Boston College connections and being in Massachusetts, it's probably a lot easier to meet with someone. That lives in Boston multiple times than someone that lives in Ohio, but uh, yeah, I would probably go Jason here. Um, if Gonzalez is gone and one of the top tackles is gone or Broderick. um, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, they signed Riley Reef. It's a one-year deal. Uh, they don't have outside of you know starting next year they don't have a tackle in terms of you know like a set player that's a tackle because you know they love swing guys that they can move from guard out to tackle and back and forth. They don't really have a tackle on the roster. Uh, next year, take a look at your thoughts on New England here at 14.
3: I still believe it is a Flowers, the number one wide receiver on their board. But if they do not feel it necessary to take a wide receiver just yet, I think they just go back to their natural tendency, although they've only drafted one cornerback in the first round in the last sixteen years, I think it is. Uh, and that was Devin McCourty, a Hall of Famer. Um, I still think they are leaning likely offensive line or cornerback. And in this case, I'll go to a two way cornerback and either Deontay Banks or uh not Emmanuel Forbes. Um
0: TPG. Sure. Yes,
3: Porter yes Porter because both played on punt returns Porter played on punt return coverage for four seasons in college uh Banks only entered special teams in his last year but he still has the experience so that's just kind of the way I lean with their coaching staff
0: Connor any thoughts on New England
2: I had Zay in my latest mock but it's definitely something I don't feel good about I just personally don't feel good about anything honestly with New England just it feels like I don't know have we ever had the pick for New England right like ever It's like has one person ever been like, "Oh, I'm confident they're going to pick this position"? Even the position wise, like, I don't think I've never. There's been no like plugged in. Like we have that for the Texans, we have that for the Jets, Cardinals. You know, we have a guy who's like, "Oh, they're always at least nailing the position." Never had it for the Patriots. So, for me, it's just like a toss up. Uh, I would just vote we can do whatever, but I would lean Zay or an offensive lineman. Yeah, I kind of lean Darnell right based on the way our board
0: is gone because I feel like they he has. And think about some of the, the traits or the things that we know. New England does. they like versatility. They like guys that can be pliable in terms of needs. You got a, a guy that can play left tackle, that can play right tackle. Let's play a little bit of guard. Um, played it in the SEC. Um, I just I feel like that's a, a play for them. And again, I think the, the Riley Reef thing is not, not super exciting. Uh, Orlando Brown. They kind of need some help there outside of outside of him. So uh, this is the problem: is we've all landed on different spots and yeah. paths.
1: And like you could, like you can't assume this, but like if a a lot of the guys in the top 13 that we just drafted, like the Patriots are like the backstop for them. Uh, Like if Gonzalez falls, he's going there. Skoransky falls, he's going there. JSN technically might be falling, could go there. Um, So this is kind of like if people are falling, this is as far as they can probably go in terms of like the top 13 guys, I guess you could say.
2: Yeah, but this year's Mike Reese is going to say that Darnell, Wright Has like one bad game. And then he's going to slide into Mike Reese's DMS and start, you know, f- trying to fight with them. And then you know, he's going to end up getting dropped by the Patriots. So, I mean, I would not actually, but I would lean towards like Broderick Jones or like, you know, someone a little bit, I don't know. I mean, branches, less, even less even of an animal. I like, don't know.
3: I, I lean towards the pick that makes the least sense in Zay flower.
1: So that's, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. <laughs> that's fair. So that's fair. We didn't get Scott noon in
4: I would tend to lean either Broderick Jones or Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um they've had private meetings with uh, with both of those guys. They they've really when you, when you include, say, Flowers, Jordan Addison, and some of the other wide receivers, they've, they've met heavily with wide receiver across the board. But then you can even start looking at some of the defensive ends and Miles Murphy and Lucas Van Ness. Um, I, I Like I said, I, I think when you start looking at things, nobody had Cole Strange in the first round of any mock drafts that I saw last <laughs> year, and that was their pick. So, like, you know, it's, it's a prime spot for them to trade back, pick up extra picks. Um, if they, they stay at the pick, I think they have to pick the uh, – the best player off the board. And I think that would be Jackson Smith and Jigbo right here. If not, I would lean Broderick Jones.
0: All right. Yes, I lean Broderick Jones. I'm going to give a JSN because there are multiple votes for him and uh, no one else got multiple votes. So JSN uh, would surprise me uh, if I'm being honest. But again, every time the Patriots huh. even make a pick, I'm surprised. Sorry, I thought, you had a, I thought VR was coming in with a the thought there. Oh, uh, no. All no, right. Uh, Packers live is all it was. <laughs> <laughs> Packers at 15, uh, another team that could go a lot of ways, another spot that JSN has been discussed. Uh, solid offensive line, but they could use some edge rushers. They definitely have a, a type in terms of guys that they like to, to bring in. Uh, Scott, any nuggets on the Packers in terms of visits, or what are your thoughts here on Green Bay?
4: Yeah, I think when you start looking at Green Bay, they're definitely a traits-based team in, in the way that they draft. Um, the two players that I have a feeling that have the most fit here would be Jackson Smith and Jigba. But they they've always tended to draft you know wide receiver in in the second round. It would be great to see them like go ahead and trade Rodgers and then be like a big f u to Rodgers. Hey, we're taking a, a wide receiver to to give Jordan Love some help. But I've been told that uh, this is a spot for Lucas Van Ness. That this is this may be. Like his bottom, he fits what they they typically draft, and, and I've been told that you know if he gets to this position, he'll be the pick.
0: It looks like a packer, uh, you know, yeah, big does. Iowa, you know, big white corn-fed uh, edge rusher, uh, Connor. What are your thoughts on uh, on the Packers or or the Van Ness thoughts? Because that was a pretty strong take from uh, from Scott.
2: Oh, I had him, I had him there in my latest mock as well. So definitely, I'm I'm willing to lock it in there with Scott for sure. What's his over under right now? VR is like like eighteen or something like that. Really Van Ness, 12 and, yeah. and a half. 12 and a half. It was like 10 and a half this morning, and finally it moved to 12 and a half, but it, the over is still unbettable. I I've just had not even paying attention to half these over-unders because there's like one place you can bet on them like half the time, so it's like not even worth our time. I so can confirm
3: one- they'll let you get $7.50 down on it. So
1: season
0: is <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, a little bit better. is typically a little, let you get down a little bit.
1: I, I, I do agree Van S. Like this is like the first spot that a tight end could go. But like everything like the red like it feels like there's a red flag coming out of the tight ends every day. Um yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah, we're gonna go with Van Ness here.
3: I uh, I have the six guys written down who fit their thresholds with first round projections, and in order it is Jackson Smith and Jigba, Lucas Van Ness, Darnell Wright, Michael Mayer, Nolan Smith, and Broderick Jones. So if your mock does not include one of those six guys, you are wrong.
0: Here's the problem: they're almost all available right here. So <laughs> oh, like,
3: no, I'm not I'm not saying, I'm just saying yeah. you better pick one of those six. I'm not saying yeah. which one. I have no idea, no
0: clue. Yeah. No, you're, you're, you're right. I think that those are the uh, six
3: threshold guys right there.
0: Yeah. Rashawn Gary's getting up there in age, had some injury issues. They don't have a lot of, uh, young edge rusher depth on the roster. So, uh, don't hate that, uh, that pick whatsoever. We're, Scott, at, gonna we're sta- definitely
3: in Michael Mayer watch at starting at 15.
0: I agree. I agree. Scott, I'm going to uh, go back to you here. 16. Uh, this is your squad, the commanders. You've been uh, plugged in here and, uh, have some thoughts on the commanders. What do you got?
4: So, yeah, they've had multiple visits with uh, Joey Porter, but they've also had multiple visits with Darnell Wright. Um, I think they desperately need a a primary, you know, cornerback there that that secondary has struggled, you know, for years. Um, You know, I think that they would come to a position where it would be hard for them to pass up on Joey Porter, but here recently over the last week, I've actually heard that they may have a higher grade on Deontay Banks. So I, I think both of those guys would be in play. Ultimately, I, I think a lot of people, and we talked about Darnell Wright, has has fallen throughout our, our mock draft. And when you look upon that offensive line, they've made some 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 plays in free agency. They're going to go ahead and be moving and shuffling that offensive line around with Wiley and then. Like some of the other other players moving into guard, I I just think they don't have a premier player along that offensive line. We talked a little bit about Bijan Robinson possibly being in play for this as, as being a smoke team, smoke screen. But look, that that team wants to run the ball. That's what they want to do. They have a second year quarterback, and they they're, they're going to be they're going to be trying to figure out what they're going to do on offense. And I think if they want to run the ball and they want to go ahead and, and give their quarterbacks as much possibility of being able to stand upright in that pocket throughout the year, I think this is a spot where I could see Darnell right going. All right. Dagle, any thoughts on the commanders?
3: At the beginning of the show, astronaut mentioned, imagine being confident about this draft and he wasn't talking to any of us directly. But I will say that my job is literally to have educated opinions, although sometimes they come from different directions, sometimes hard stances, sometimes slapping. But, yeah, I I do the research and I have opinions. But there are three people who make me stop down anytime because I respect their work, especially during draft season so much. One is Ben Standig of Washington. One is Scott Smith. And the other is Evan Silva pre-2023. So, honestly, when Scott Smith (laughs) discusses – Knowing who he believes Washington will take, I, I stop and listen. So I have Broderick Jones, but if Scott's telling me, don't know right over Broderick Jones, I'm absolutely listening.
4: And the funny thing is I'll be on a Monday on a show with established <laughs> run with both of those other two guys. So
0: um, They're both my best friends. It's okay. He knows I'm kidding. It's no big deal. Uh, Scott, did you know the Cubs are 11-7? and seven?
3: <laughs> Silva will tell you.
2: Those are the texts we get Season
3: right now. Season ticket holder will
4: look, tell. Look, I just can't wait to get on that show for the, the Michael Mayer lander on Monday.
2: <laughs> oh, that's so good. Uh, literally, oh, yeah, you... literally, while we're live on show, Silva, old enough to remember when the Cubs were the top five team in baseball, long live the Ricketts.
3: Yeah, we all got that text right
2: there. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> Right on cue. <laughs> Yeah,
0: a previous version, he'd probably be on the show, but uh, you know, he's he's got more important things to do, like sweating uh, April baseball. So we'll go uh, Darnell Wright again with the conviction, uh, thanks to Scott. And uh, I think a sigh of relief a little bit from VR with not landing Joey Porter Jr. uh, there mm-hmm. to the commanders is kind of, I think, the dead spot there. And I'll let you get started, uh, That's VR correct. with uh, the pick to the uh, the Steelers.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, we, got, we have, like, the mock drafters that we all know are, like, connected to teams, like Jeremiah to the Jets, Zerline to the Cardinals, but then we also have Mike Tomlin, um, who, like, every single year, like, we just know. Like, it's, everyone knows who he's going to be drafting, and they always take him. Uh, where this year, we don't really have as much of an idea, um, which kind of makes the whole treating up scenario where they like Gonzalez, I suppose, like, seem more realistic because you don't know who Tomlin's going to take by now like maybe the trade is actually going to be happening. Uh, but based off of like their third like their visits, um, I would probably go Anton here. Um, I think they've they visited like the favorites based off their visit it should be like Anton, Breesy, Ringo just like looks like just feels like a stealer to me, but that this would be too rich. Who knows? Um but Anton has been in the second round, I want to say the last two months and the last week or two like he's becoming more and more and more almost to like a certainty to go on the first round. Um, and based off, we know about who Tom was met with and based that's like the blueprint on who he always takes Anton here makes a lot of sense. I know Joey Porter has a the connections. They have a need at corner. Um, I think Banks goes before Porter. So to me, it would be their Anton or Banks. Um, but after Anton, the fall off at tackle is steep. Um, and I think you can wait on corner, um, so I'll just take the, the tackle, uh, knowing I got one of the top end tackles, and worry about corner in the second round because they had the yep. first pick in the second round as well.
0: Yep, no, that's a great point. They pick thirty-two, so they're at the top of the board there, and uh, can. It looks like they'll probably be able to address both, but I kind of agree with you. I do think it's probably easier to address corner there than it will be to address uh, at least an offensive tackle. Uh, Scott, you've had some nuggets recently, or at least have had some teams uh, discussing kind of where they are ranking uh, these remaining cornerbacks and maybe some having a preference that's been a little bit off the board in comparison to where the market's been
1: Forbes.
4: Yeah. Forbes is the other one that's, that's up there. Um, (laughs) Actually, actually look being, being projected and and having a a lot of, a lot of connections there with the next team in Detroit, but the one, the one other pushback on his pick here at at Pittsburgh, we still have Broderick Jones on the board. Broderick (laughs) Broderick Jones is a player that they've, they've met with just as much as Anton Harrison. So, like, for me, this pick here would be clearly Broderick Jones. I just think he's going to be rated higher on a lot of boards. Um, and I think it's, it's going to be imperative for Pittsburgh if they want to go ahead and take that next step and develop their quarterback to go ahead and get him protected. I mean, protected. So I think a tackle here is going to make the most sense. Um, you know, there's a possibility it could lean Anton Harrison, but I think Broderick Jones is the pick.
1: No, I, agree. I totally forgot about Broderick.
3: Uh, Diggle, any thoughts on that? Broderick, I have ranked higher. Uh, Anton certainly in the conversation here makes sense, but I think we, for the sake of this practice, go ahead and put Broadrick in.
2: <laughs> yeah, Connor, any additions? Should have cut me off. <laughs> nope, totally agree. And uh, but I do think to your point, if the offensive linemen get pushed up, I think this is like the start of Anton's range, kind of like in this area. So, uh, if if it does, if the board does play out like that, I think that we're starting to see him probably go in this area. Noonan, I know you bet on him to go to the first round pretty early on. Uh, those. The prices are getting blasted, but we'll see what you know is dropped here in the coming days. So you never know. And remember,
3: we haven't even got started yet. Like Osiris Torrance is favored to go in the first round. Matthew Bergeron got a nod from Daniel Jeremiah as a first round player. Like night one is the night of offensive linemen. So if like five and a half or whatever bad number still out there, it's probably juiced (laughs) heavily, and you could probably only get seven dollars and fifty cents down on it. But it's like the right pick because we're getting like seven offensive linemen on night one at least.
4: Yeah. Dewan
0: Jones is another one that's on the border there. Of course, there, which, of course yeah. 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 So yeah, you 750. You win enough to buy yourself a, a Red Bull. Nothing in Chicago. Two and three. Absolutely. Not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Parking for uh, an hour. So uh all right, for, for the sake of this, we will uh we'll slide the offensive lineman. Roderick Jones in there. Now we are back to the Lions with their second pick. Um and I think they go a lot of they can go a lot of different ways here. Um and uh Connor, I'll start with you. What do you think about the Lions at 18?
2: Yeah, we had them going Witherspoon. I think if they don't go corner in the first, they're almost certainly going corner with 18. And I think there would yep. probably be in this spot it would be Banks, Emmanuel Forbes. Uh, but in this mock, we have them going corner first. So I think a guy like Kalijah Cansey makes a lot of sense, a defensive tackle potentially for them. Um, I mean, they could really go anywhere. I think like they could they could be a team that would be interested in maybe a tight end, Michael Mayer, Dalton Kincaid. You know, obviously I think you're both in play. Personally, I had Cansey, but I think I'm kind of open. But that, that's kind of like the the grouping that I would have there.
0: Yeah. VR, any thoughts here on a uh, second pick for the Lions?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, if they go Witherspoon at
1: six, then the line is definitely in play, maybe even tight end. And if they go someone like Jalen Carter at six, then someone like Deontay Banks is in play here or Jerry Porter. Um, I think Kansi makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: mm. Kansi's tough for me if I interrupt you. Because I I hear, I've heard I both. Kansi's yeah, a guy that I've heard is both like people think he's going to go higher than you think. And then some people are like, no, he's not going to go. He's going to go lower. He's just too undersized. And that's just, there's, there's, you need a very specific style coach system for a guy uh, that undersized at the position, even though he's, you know, electric for what he's been able to produce. Scott, any thoughts on Kansi or any thoughts on the Lions here at, uh, at 18?
4: Yeah, Kansi's a player that that is just polarizing. From the the fact that you just said, you have analysts and people that that are very high on him. I, I think there's some nostalgia there when you start kind of considering, uh, you know, a certain former Pittsburgh defensive tackle who's been kind of the best player in the league for the last few years. But uh, I I'm struggling right now where I'm going to place Kansi, like here in, in in my final mock draft that comes up at at the end of the week. But uh, here. The way the board has fallen out, you know, and a player that's, that's, you know, rising up the board and I think would make a lot of sense here is Miles Murphy. There's an at, at edge, his over and under right now is sitting at 18 and a half. We're here at, at pick 18. If, yeah. if defensive end with Tyree Wilson and, you know, Will Anderson on the edge, they are, are in play at six, but they go cornerback at six instead I, I think you know edge is definitely going to be a, a position that would be here and i think miles murphy's a guy that you know has been mentioned as, as high up as like you know the 10 12 range i, I think it'd be hard for detroit to pass on a, a player like that here at 18
1: yeah i agree like ha- yeah is there an, a board that i'm not a part of that we, like who's still available that i have no idea exists because miles murphy 100 percent, like right here like if they go corner miles murphy
0: no unfortunately limited with
1: yeah, Scott's
0: just uh, scroll allows me to do. You're good.
3: If if they are tantalized uh, and go quarterback at six, uh, I have them taking a cornerback here. But yes, for the sake of this practice, I think in this case, they're getting their interior rush or pass rush in general.
0: And there is no. That's my problem. Doc, that I've kind of been VR. reluctant to do. <laughs> oh, go ahead. What are you reluctant about? Edge rusher to the Lions. Um, they added three last year in the draft. I think they like all of them. Um, I just you think using another early asset on edge I think is uh, it's not like you can have too many. I, obviously we see the lions or the uh, you know the Eagles successfully rotate them in and out, but it's uh, it just seems he's an ascending prospect. I think you know he went out and crushed uh, you know basically all of his his drills and you know his RAS scores through the roof. Um, so I, I get the player being slotted here. I just I feel like it's just not necessarily a spot that they, I feel like an interior lineman makes a lot more sense, but again, like yep. it doesn't mean they should be drafting for need at all. Just that's my only There's, issue with slotting. And I in think
1: Breesy is live too here. Like this is, I think this is like the one spot that Breesy could go that brings, like that doesn't push him back to like the late first. Um, like if he doesn't go here, he's probably going to go in like the late twenties or second round, um, which is like entirely dependent.
0: Yeah. All right. For the process, we'll go Miles Murphy. Uh, some consensus there and again it's it's a guy that i definitely should think should be going in this range you know closer here that probably not sliding past 20 and we've seen that over under move quite a bit the uh bucks are up here at 19 another team very very tough to pinpoint because they have a plethora of needs uh no real assurance on what they do feels like offensive line would make a lot of sense but again we're kind of running out of bodies but maybe this is a spot where we can go back to the antoine well connor any thoughts on uh on the bucks i don't want to guide your selection do anything in like
2: Sorry, my thing wasn't muting there properly. Uh, I would go with Banks here. I think that he's been kind of a buzzy pick here, but I think it, it uh, Deontay Banks could be an interesting selection for them. Just tested really well at the combine, been you know flying up draft boards, um, and it's kind of been one of the more commonly mocked spots. So I think this is kind of like not the start of his range, but like a honestly, I think a pretty meaty select like part of his range, like right in nineteen. I know VR considered playing the under. Uh, I don't know, maybe for a couple other reasons as well.
1: Yeah, this is definitely. On Banks, uh, well, yeah. I wouldn't have gone corner here. Like, I mean, Banks is – this is prime Banks territory. Uh, but like every like Bucks beat writer or like like Easterling, uh, he's a, a Bucks – or he was a Bucks beat, beat writer has – who's kind of like faded from like – I want to say like two months ago, like Branch was a very like popular pick. And I am still seeing Branch to the Bucks as like somewhat of a no-brainer in the context of like the Bucks beat writers. Or I think branches live here. Like, Anton, he's, like, the last, like, first-round talent tackle. Um, I think Anton, like, offensive line sh- should be probably the favorite in terms of positional odds. Um, I don't hate Banks. I, th- I mean, I don't think – I think this is a prime spot for him. But Anton being, like, the last tackle, like, I'm kind of just sliding Anton or Broderick – not Broderick, Anton or Darnell because they're the most common guys to get in here um, at 19 if it's not Branch for me.
0: Yeah, and I think mean, this is maybe the top, J.D., of where an osiris Taurus can can, you know, start to go as well, maybe a little bit early as well, and you know, guard a little bit harder to swallow than tackle. But uh, what are your thoughts on the bucks? They can go a lot of ways.
3: Many ways. That's why it's so hard. They need help, though, on their offensive line on the interior, especially after the Shaq Mason trade, much more so than tackle. So that's the only reason I don't personally pin a Broderick Jones or anyone there. That's why I lean osiris Torrance, who, again, is favored to go in the first round. Mm-hmm um but yeah if it was any other position even tight end it would not shock me at all this team has needs everywhere they're going to compete with the titans for the worst roster in the nfl and thus eventually getting caleb williams next off season. so um i don't know take your pick figure out their big board and like i feel like teams
1: teams in this state who are kind of like plant like their future is like drafting a quarterback in the future like you can you see them taking like Foundational pieces for that quarterback of mm-hmm. the future, like an offensive Great. lineman, um, which is another reason I think offensive line is in play. Um, didn't they lose their tackle? What's his name? Um, yeah, Shaq
0: Mason went to the Texans. Yeah,
1: I thought they lost someone else. Um, but yeah, I'm good with that.
0: Yeah, I did. I could probably pull up. Uh, you Something right now in my don't look at their
3: depth
2: chart. chart. Their like their yeah, current starting lineup slate. is disgusting. I mean, their current starting offensive line outside of Tristan Wirfs. Yeah. I mean, it's a complete disaster.
3: And if, if they trade one of Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, Evans is uh, being loomed larger, the rumor mill, then, I mean, this offense depth chart looks similar to Arizona's defensive depth chart. It's literally just trash.
0: Are we going to give him uh, Anton Harrison? Even though I kind of agree with Dagelan, I do think guards more of a need. They have uh, holes everywhere and they can do anything to take the better uh, position. Guy started uh, as a... Absolute as a freshman uh, in the Big 12 at left tackle and uh, I think allowed one pressure in all of his uh, 400 plus dropback passing snaps last year has been uh, pretty, pretty talented kid. So I uh, like that he's yeah. ascending on the board.
4: I will say this about Tampa Bay: Tampa Bay has held more meetings and met with more players than any other team here in the NFL this year. But this is also a team that heavily drafts off of off of players that they've they've had, you know, official meetings with, whether it be at the combine, a top thirty visit, or a pro day. This is a team when you start looking off of their list, start targeting and looking at some of the players that they've had meetings with, and Anton Harrison falls into that category. There,
1: they lost Donovan Smith. Yeah, they did lose. That's the it. Yep. Thank you, Kenny Pope. Is that who you said? Oh, I was Googling that. Yeah. Thanks, Kenny. Or Kenny Pops. Yeah. We're back <laughs> to the Seahawks at 20. We gave them
0: Will Anderson the first time around at pick five. Uh, this time it was mute. fair question. Um, and I'll start with you, Dago. What are your thoughts on Seahawks pick 20?
3: It depends, like a lot of these teams, what they do with their first pick. And so who did we have for the Seahawks at five in this draft? Will Anderson. So they can't go edge here thus i think their next needs are wide receiver uh they're not doing a quarterback after the big four yeah so i guess i just have wide receiver i don't know scott i have to kick it to you i haven't even toyed around with outside of an edge at 20 for seattle honestly
4: yeah, I think uh, defensive back is is in play here. I think you okay. could see a guy like Brian Branch or Deontay Banks or even you know Joe Porter Jr. I think all three of those are in play. I tend to lean a little bit more towards the wide receiver with uh, Zay Flowers possibly being the pick. Um, so that's that's more the range that I'm looking. I, I think some of the players that would have to fall to them to to really consider edge would be like a Lucas Van Ness, a Nolan Smith, like Miles Murphy. You know some of those guys. But uh, you know with the way the board is, I think we're looking at. either their wide receiver or cornerback here.
0: Connor, any thoughts uh on a corner in terms of I guess the Seahawks in terms of a receiver there, a preference with you know, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, anything like that?
2: Yeah, I, I put corner in my last mock, but I just because they did so well drafting corners, i kind of later in the draft kind of gives me hesitance that like maybe they think that they don't necessarily need to go with a corner here in the first round. Like, I I don't know. I I, I kind of been wavering on it a little bit. So uh, I'm fine with the receiver here. If you guys want, I had Joey Porter Jr. there. I think both him, and, he and Banks are, I don't know, not maybe slightly overdue, but I think this is like a, a good spot for them as well. So, uh, yeah, I would I would probably put one of them, but kind of fine with whatever.
1: I think I think Will McDonald is live here if they don't go edge at five. Um, but I also think like Torrance is live as well, interior offensive lineman, um, or, which isn't like a glaring need. Uh, but this is his range. They do need help there. I think Torrance is live. I think one of the corners is live. I think one of the wide receivers is live. Um, it really is, like, so dependent on – because there's going to be – like, this is a great spot for edge rushers, too. Um and it's going to be dependent on whether they get Tyree or Anderson or go quarterback. Um, if,
3: if it is cornerback, I will say, remember, Seattle has historically prioritized length, and Joey Porter, Jr., literally has the fifth highest wingspan in the last two decades among all cornerbacks.
1: And like those guys would be considered falling now. Like Joey Porter's like range yeah. is probably right. like the 15, 16. So like you would assume like if Porter's in the twenties, like that might be a guy that like they would consider themselves like lucky to have. And at the top of their board relative to the guys a we have now, 34 inch arm length to be exact. He's a He's a praying mantis. Yeah,
0: it's a good sell on Joey Porter Jr. We'll make him the selection here to keep the train rolling. Uh, Connors Dolphins don't get a pick because they cheated. We'll move on to the Chargers at 21. Uh, They have a a number of needs. This is a team that's been – we talked about the connection with Jordan Addison's former uh, wide receiver coach, Chris Beatty, who was with him at Pittsburgh, is now on the staff of – the chargers that makes a lot of sense. And again, um, you know, I've talked about it here on the show last week, Uh, Scott poked a hole in it, in terms of, uh, you know, team visits, they have not met with a lot of defensive backs, but it is a team need. Uh, Do feel that you kind of got that validated for some other smart people? A little bit yesterday, again, this year, Adderley retired 24 year old safety retired kind of out of nowhere Um, and Bryce Callahan, their slot receiver or slot corner. I'm sorry. Um, Also uh, not coming back due to free agency. JC Jackson, they gave a ton of money last year in free agency, sucked when he played and then got hurt a bunch. So I uh, definitely feel like corner is within the range of outcomes for them. But I do think it comes down to either being honest about wanting to add uh, speed there, VR. Is there anyone here that you think it's receiver that could kind of trump
1: them needing to add anything to the, the secondary? The connections with Addison are just too strong to ignore. Um, that it's every, it just seems like he's kind of He's one of like the consensus picks in like the mock drafts that you read at this point to the chargers that just make too much sense um, if he's there. But I think Kansi's live here. If Kincaid didn't have the red flags, I might go that direction as well. Um, But I, like Addison's kind of just, it just makes too much sense with Addison.
2: Yeah. Uh, Connor, Connor, where are you at here? Yeah, I think I had it as – I had a Kincaid, but I think that you could go Kincaid, Addison. Uh, I thought you penciled in Brian Branch potentially, I believe, correct? Uh, I think all those options make sense in the spot. So I think any of those, those three guys would, be, would make a ton of sense. Maybe maybe Michael Mayer over Don Kincaid. I mean, maybe they want a guy who can, can do it all a little bit more, but uh, I would think one of those three guys. What do you got, J.D.?
3: Unless you want to sell me on DB, I, I think it just makes too much sense with Jordan Addison. Too much sense,
0: yeah. I mean, my DB cell is just they don't have plus odds, they don't have a slot. Um, they don't have a, a second um safety next to uh Durin James because they're uh you know young safety retired to pursue other things. Um, and then you know their big money free agent last year was a problem. Otherwise, like this team has pretty much a turnkey starters on both sides of the ball. Now, Scott poked a hole in it last week by saying they haven't met with anyone at the defensive back position. And I think that that's fair too. Um, I do think there are teams, some teams and I don't know what the chargers, where they fall on the spectrum in terms of we pick off of our meeting list or, you know, it's not necessarily that cut and dry, but uh, I don't disagree with you that the Jordan Addison thing makes uh, a ton of sense. It's a very easy line to draw. Scott, what are your thoughts on the chargers?
4: You know, the Chargers aren't necessarily a team that, that, you know, sticks specifically to drafting off of the the players that they've met with. But, the, you know, my main pushback is just from a logical standpoint that this isn't a deep wide receiver draft. Um, you know, we're talking about and poking holes in the guys that are going here in the first. And I, I just think when you read the T Lease, there's too many connections with Jordan Addison going there. And then, you know, I this they do have a, a deeper secondary, you know, talent here in this draft. So I think they're gonna go and, and add a pass catcher and continue to build around Justin herbert whereas you know they they can go ahead and address some of those other positions there in the second third
3: kenny right. pops asks about Jalen hyatt in the chat and i'll just say i wrote up 50 players for our night one draft tracker blurbs and i did not write up Jalen hyatt so i hope not kenny <laughs> i absolutely hope he's not a first round player because then jen is going to be scrambling last second uh so i want to
4: I will say this in, in, in relation to Jalen Hyatt. My model, and it's based upon both player evaluations and some of the top you know mock drafters, has Jalen Hyatt sitting at around pick thirty-three. So Jeez, thirty-three point eight
3: close for comfort. Okay, I may have to go back here and write one more. Got it. it.
4: Took us
0: about fifty minutes to get through the first ten picks. We have about ten more to go, so uh, <laughs> we'll be pushing three hours. Hope no one has anything to do. We're on to the Ravens at twenty-two. Uh, I think the Ravens probably trade this pick. But uh, we're going to pretend they're going to make the pick here because we're not messing around with that. They only have five selections, and uh, it's just not typically how they've built their roster. They take some swings and have had a lot of success. Wide receiver's in need. Edge rusher's in need. Cornerback is a need as well. Uh, VR, what are your thoughts on what the Ravens do
1: here at 22? So I think if, like, if Joy Porter gets here, I think that's run to the – just run the card out. Um, receiver's in need. Like I think Banks is also – like he's technically kind of falling at this point. Um, where them signing Odell doesn't mean they don't need a receiver anymore. Like I think he just got like some type of charges against them. I saw somewhere Um, where one of the receivers, I hope it's not Zay, but with Joey off the board, like I I would probably like pinpoint Banks at this point. If Banks isn't going now, he's probably going to go the very next pick. Um, But at the same time, like trading back, no idea what D linemen are still left, but – like, I would probably go with Banks, but that's the bias towards my Zay, Zay Flowers bet for what it's worth.
0: Uh, like interior linemen. Like, so, Kalaja Cancy's still here. Brian Breesie, if we can look at it, I'll bring in a defensive interior. Uh, yeah, it's kind of yeah, where we're, we're at. So, thin. pretty much only, yeah, Cancy yeah, and. Uh, per uh, usual, Ravens
3: process. just take the best player available. That's what happens yeah. every
0: draft.
2: They just 100%. get the best one. So, where are we going? I would have it as Banks at this point, probably, yeah. but. I would agree. I think New
3: banks across from Marlon Humphrey makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh,
2: I
0: think the Vikings, again, are another prime team to trade back if they can. Uh, they do not have a lot of draft picks, but they do need wide receiver uh, with Adam Thielen moving on and not having really anything uh, next to uh, JJ there. Uh, I'll get it started with you, Dago. What are your thoughts on the Vikings if they stay home and pick at 23? To me, it's either cornerback or wide receiver.
3: And I would think it's Deontay Banks if he's there. But in this case, I think this is where we probably start seeing Emmanuel Forbes being mentioned, who is, I believe, will be a first-round player. I'm pretty confident about that. Uh, I will drop Cam Smith out of my first round right now. Uh, it could change over the weekend because we'll get a lot of news. But that's where I stand right now. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'm going to go – I'll go Emmanuel Forbes personally.
0: Hmm. Okay. VR, that's your guy, uh, and this works in Minnesota since he plays half of his games indoors, where he's not in jeopardy of blowing away in the winds um, due to his very, 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 very slender frame. Uh, but is this the range where we start getting see boy Forbes, buddy, The slender, yeah, I totally
1: agree. I can, I can see, like, I can see Forbes going ahead of the two other guys. Where, like, I think if Banks, Porter, or Addison follow them, like, they're just easy. Uh, but if those three guys are off the board, or yeah, those three are off, then Forbes makes a ton of sense. Um, yeah.
3: And by the way, if Forbes went man on man against Quentin Johnston, Forbes is winning that ten out of ten times. Like he has so much more dog than Johnston does. Like Forbes <laughs> is shutting him down, dude.
0: You know him a big he dog. He plays two ten. He's he plays huge. Scott, where are you at here with the Vikings?
4: Yeah, I think Forbes or Zay Flowers are, is definitely to pick. Forbes is a guy that hasn't been on a ton of mock drafts, but here he's been getting some steam lately. I think he's in play from 18 on, and even if you go back to one of Mel Kuyper's earlier mock drafts, he had Forbes like projected there to Washington at 16, so he could even be in play there at 16 on down. So I think this is a good spot for him. I think he's a player that I don't know what the odds are right now, but I think you definitely have to go ahead and bet him being in first round.
0: Starting to capitulate a little bit. There was not a Forbes. Uh, I, the tape's actually good, but I mean, you get into like you it's know, amazing. yeah, but you get into like inter, you know, pick sixes and stuff like that. There's is that dude getting involved in uh, you know any sort of run support? He's just probably not. And then again, that's not his job. <laughs> We've had some great corners in the league that have not been very active in the run game. Um, you know, that he might, might try,
1: him, but I don't know if he's going to survive. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's. I'm, I'm sure the coaches are hoping he doesn't put his nose. And anything there too. Uh, it'd be hard for me to think that they pass on Zay Flowers here, but I'm, I'll go with Emmanuel Forbes for you guys.
3: You think Joe judge looks at pick sixes and thinks the same thing as you, that they're complete luck. No,
4: they're complete Joe luck. judge
3: just... says, this is the best cornerback I've ever seen in my life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to, I'm going to give him to you. I, I, again, I think that the drum beat is, uh,
1: I think both are fine. I, Zay, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think we'll, we'll go
0: with Forbes here. We'll go with Forbes. Um, all right, I feel like we got decently sourced information where this could be the bottom of Brian Branch um, and where he falls at twenty-four to Jacksonville. Feel pretty good about that information. Um, they can go a number of different ways, but again, it, it's more all need-based because they are, uh, you know, an ascending roster. Uh, VR, any thoughts on Jacksonville?
1: Yeah, Branch is becoming one of the more consensus picks of the Jags and the mock drafts that you go through, um, where it seems like every single mock draft you look at has branch there, which surprise surprises over under is 24 and a half. Um, but I would say branch or torrents are probably live here. Um, if Kincaid was, I think, but because of their line, everyone's just pushing them further and further back. Um, but yeah, like branch is just like, it's tough to find a mock draft without branch at six or at 24. Scott, any thoughts on uh, the Jacks?
4: Yeah, I I tend to lean Branch as well. Um, He's been connected, you know, even by you know the the Jags beat writers. He's he's one of the top two players that they have. My pushback on Osiris Torrance is that where is he going to play? Is he going to play a tackle or is he going to play a guard? If he's going to play a guard, they already have Brandon Scherf as as their right guard. I tend to think that. Anton Harrison's a player that would be in in play here if he falls here to to Jacksonville. I think they're they're looking at putting some pieces there around. I mean, they still have Cam Robinson playing left tackle. It's not ideal. They've they've flirted with moving him inside to guard at times. So, you know, with, with the players that are on board, I would tend to lead Branch here.
0: Uh, Dagle, any thoughts on uh, the Jacks?
3: The numbers I've seen, unless they've been steamed lately, all have Brian Branch at 24 and a half over under for a reason. It's because his slide I would think certainly stops with Jacksonville. That's that's it. So no, if, he, if he's here, which is still a big question, as Scott has mentioned, because of Washington, then yeah, he goes at 24.
0: Yeah. Um, Connor, I'm going to skip you. I'm going to pop uh, Brian Branch in there. And Connor, i let you get started with the Giants at 25.
2: Yeah, I think Zay Flowers is still on the board, right? Uh, Zay yeah. Flowers is
0: still on the board.
2: Yeah, I think he would be like an insta-pick for for them in this spot. Yeah, we've
0: heard some discussion around like yes. size,
1: right? Go ahead, VR. So the one thing that like one of the few points that really stuck with me was with the Schrager and Jeremiah like collab mock is Schreger said that at, which he's notorious for his second to last mock getting reactions. And one of the reactions he got is when he put Zay Flowers to the Giants, is he got multiple texts from teams saying that he was crazy putting Zay Flowers ahead of Quentin and that his order was all out of whack. Uh, which I would go Zay Flowers here too. But when you hear something like that from one of the more connected guys that does mock drafts, it definitely makes you think. Um, because Quinton, a month or two ago, was going 12 to the Texans. Um, and we could all just be wrong. So,
2: Yeah, I I mean McGinn also I came out and had him like oh, in their oh. McGinn polls. He was second among the wide receivers in the yeah. thing among scouts, which is so strange because we've had a month of steam of Quinn Johnson just getting pushed on boards and now even being like a fringe first rounder. And then now we're getting like, oh, he's actually the second best wide receiver in this class. And like you said, maybe ahead on the Giants board. Uh, I think taking Quentin Johnson here is not something I'm able to do, but uh, if you guys really want it, uh, we could do that.
1: It, it was a tough scene for Zay too um, again. Um Yeah. He was being talked about as like a top 50 pick. Um, Zay Flowers is definitely like the Twitter darling that like everyone has a first wide receiver taken ticket. Uh, so everyone's rooting for him to go. Um is I, Zay
2: Flowers, yeah, right. keen Butler, or, or no?
0: No, he's better than that. <laughs> is Are, the we sure? ha- Are we sure? I think he is. The, the The Giants have some Zay Flowers-esque guys on the team. They don't really have a Quentin Johnston. So I think that that's kind of the argument there is they, they don't have that big-bodied perimeter guy, uh, whereas they have like six slot receivers. Uh, Scott, do you have any insight to add to this?
4: Yeah, I think uh, some of the information that I've heard is, is that the Giants aren't necessarily prioritizing wide receiver as much as what a lot of people think. I, I've actually heard that they're prioritizing cornerback and interior offensive line, possibly even with center John Michael Schmitz here at, at 25, more than what they're prioritizing the wide receiver position. So that's uh, that's. Some of the some of the news and stuff that I've been trying to chase down um, is specifically with this cornerback and, and, and interior line market here to the Giants. Um, when you start looking at their roster, I think Quentin Quentin Johnson makes more sense than what Zay Flowers would hear just because of what they have. Um, they don't really have that that big alpha type of guy. Um, I, I in my mock drafts, I'm probably gonna go ahead and, and lean a little bit away from wide receiver here, but you know. I can definitely be outvoted in this position.
1: I think if like Forbes falls to 25, like Forbes, I would probably go Forbes over one of the wide receivers. But if Addison falls, like I think he would go as well. Like this is one of like, there's a bunch of like really trendy positional spots where every mock draft has the giants going wide receiver. Bengals going tight end Cowboys going tight end. Um, And this is one of them that I don't think. I think corner. I agree. Like I, I, I think I read one of the beat writers for the giants was saying that they're not going to force a wide receiver that isn't where he is on their board. Um, and they would take someone like four. So the corners were out of corners at this point. Um, so it's Quinn,
0: uh, take a we don't, we don't have a tight end off the board yet. Then what are we, what are we dealing with here? In, uh, with the giants, uh, we still Daniel don't have Ballinger. a tight end off the board. You can move yeah. past that.
3: Um, Yeah, I think everyone summed it up. They have five Zay Flowers on the team, but they have no Quentin Johnsons. I think that makes the pick for them, honestly, if they go wide receiver. I'm open to the idea of John Michael Schmitz. He's pretty much the second player I think they draft here if they don't go Quentin Johnston, but I have Quentin right now.
1: A center always goes. There's one center every draft, and this is its last chance, I think. Or maybe, yeah, probably.
0: (laughs) All right, let's go off the board. We'll go go, uh, JMS. I don't want to have to (laughs) scroll too far down the board, but uh, here we go. All right. 65 drafts are always
3: uh, mental exercises. So, yes, I'm okay with it. To practice things different. Yeah. Like, again, Matthew Bergeron in his his draft with Schrager, and he literally just said, like, we're just trying things here based on news he heard. So, yeah, let's just try something at the back end because the back end gets a little wild.
0: Yep, for sure. It does. And I think that's kind of where this this draft is going to be where there's not a huge difference, say, you know, 15 to 50. Uh, so it really becomes, you know, definitely big board specific. Um, Diggle, will go with you to the Cowboys. Um, again, Mike, this is uh, a spot where we've seen interior defensive line, which I think makes a lot of sense. This is the, you know, the early sexy Bijan spots. They could use a, a tight end, uh, lots of different ways for the Cowboys to go here at 26.
3: First of all, Just a note, Silva is watching a perfect game through seven innings at Wrigley right now, and so I hope that jinxes his experience. And two, I would argue there are two teams in the NFL who don't pay attention to medicals, and that are the Titans and the Cowboys. So all of this Dalton Kincaid medical news, I pay no attention to. And I think this is where they pull the trigger, knowing that they are in on either a tight end or wide receiver in this range. So hmm. I'm still leaning Dalton Kincaid, a first-round player, specifically to the Cowboys.
0: Uh, Scott, where are you at on, on Dallas?
4: So I've had Michael Mayer in. Um, Fair. I, I just think Michael Mayer, with his blocking, and due to to some of the other things with, with Dalton Kincaid, I, I tend to think that Michael Mayer is going to be the the guy here for uh, Dallas. I just think they the way they use their tight ends in line a, a bit more. Um, I think you're going to see Dalton Kincaid flexed out a bit a bit more. Um, I tend to agree with the tight end position here. Um, I have heard whispers that. There is an outside shot that if, if there's a certain wide receiver here that they, they could uh, go ahead and, and, and take a swing at that, and that would be, Zay Flowers. So there is some outside uh, whispers there that that's, that's of interest there to them. I don't know how much that's going to go ahead and be with Brandon Cooks now there, but I tend to lean tight in here.
3: Also, Scott, I will say that at least through reports – over half the league, and I think they're wrong, but over half the league apparently thinks that Michael Mayer is not a good blocker. Like they think that's actually like his weakness. Whenever you watch him on film though, the dude is so aggressive. Like he may not hold his block, but he wants to block, which is awesome. So uh, I think that may bring him down a little bit.
1: And uh, our friend Anthony Miko actually brought to the attention that I totally was like forgetting that about the Cowboys, the Last 15 years, 14 of the last 15 first round picks that they've made, they've had a top 30 visit with. Um, which then took a good point. Nick Grosco clarified, fantasy law guy on Twitter, that based off the wide receivers, they would be that we still have available would be Flowers or Quentin. Okay, and then we have off tight ends, they've had Darnell Washington in, but they have not had Mayor Kincaid in. Mm, okay, um, which we still have Flowers, we still have Quentin. We still have with Darnell. Yeah. All right, maybe it's flowers Which,
2: then. Yeah,
0: I'm not here for Darnell Washington. Uh, you need <laughs> okay.
3: all right, good buddy. We're we're getting Washington night one. I hope you know that. We're seeing flowers. him in the first round. We're I know this is perfect for, for flowers. He's going. But... he's going, he's going.
0: All right, we're gonna go with flowers here. Um, interesting.
3: I'd love to right. see that. I'm gonna put that in my log. That's uh, those are good points. Good job, VR and Scott.
0: All right, uh, Buffalo Bills, pick 27. Um, you know, they could use a tackle, they could use a linebacker, they could still maybe use some help along the uh, defensive front as well. Uh, Connor, any leans to uh, Buffalo here for you at, uh,
2: at pick 27? Uh, I mean, at, at this point, I think that they probably just take, I mean, they're probably going to go best player available. I mean, I know that they did sign, technically re-sign Dawson Knox. I mean, maybe they view Kincaid as a guy who could make a difference for them, you know, given like a little bit of time uh you know behind dawson knox i mean maybe Elijah can see is enough of a difference maker to kind of like come in and you know he doesn't need to be relied upon as like the guy and kind of just like come in and, and make a difference to their front so i would lean towards one of those two guys based on how the draft shaken out i mean these top like these like kind of bottom few picks here are smart teams for a reason and like they kind of just tend to go with best player available at position like like uh premium positions but i, I would go with one of those two guys if you guys have a strong and, take though i'm kind of open to it i do think so
1: in this draft, I think, as we get later, team needs are going to come into a lot, like going to come into play way more than in years past because the talent is going to have a drop off, and the best player available is going to be way more up in the air at this point in the draft compared to previous years. And one of the needs for the Bills, uh, future needs, will be D line. Four out of their six defensive linemen have their contracts coming up next year. Ed Oliver might even get traded, um, so I think D line is a prime spot here, and I think Mozzie Smith. Is a great fit. Breesie is another one that you can see, which Breezy's is very dependent on whether they re sign Ed Oliver. Uh, but Mozzie Smith, like, I think this is a perfect spot for a need that isn't glaring now, but D line is going to be glaring next year. Um, and the best teams draft ahead of the needs, which that would be a perfect spot right here for Mozzie Smith, I think. And I don't think that's crazy.
0: No, I don't need to. We have kind of three here, right? We have uh, Smith, uh, Brian Breezy, and then Kalaja Kansi. And nice. Scott, you've been adamant about or not adamant but we've had discussions around like how teams rate in like where you came in in terms of uh you know coming in out of high school and what that what that looked like and basically your pedigree and you know brian breezy was like i believe a consensus like top five player in his class when he came out um do you think that that's a factor here in terms of you know tiebreakers, or um when teams get close to a decision like this does that kind of factor in or is that more team specific
4: I think it's a little bit more team specific. I think when you're getting here in, in this this kind of part of the draft, I, th- I think you're you're looking at a couple of things. And, and what VR mentioned is when you start looking at contracts that are going to be coming off the books at the end of the year. And you know, you have a player like Brian Brzee in this position, who's a player I kind of like here. I, I've, my last mock draft, I had Maisie Smith there. I, I think either one of these two players are, are going to fit in well. I think Maisie Smith is a little bit different. He's a little bit more able to to play the run um brian brazee has actually been you know kind of mentioned as being a little bit immature um needs to develop needs to to have a little bit more work ethic on, on the field and things like that um i like Maisie smith or Brzee here i, I i've seen more mock drafts have brazee as as a first round pick than i've had you know Maisie smith being but i i think Maisie smith could could sneak in here and i think he's an excellent fit here with buffalo as i've had my, my last mock well, draft
1: love that and the Athletic had their freak list last year. Um, athletic freaks, and Maisie Smith was number one, and Breezy was number two. Hmm. Um, just to go off of your high school rating thing. I yeah, I mean, that.
0: you like watch the high school tape. He's like, he's yeah. it's it's yeah. He's just like throwing it, dudes out of the gym. It's like uh, you know, it's it, he it, was. His size and these oh, kids just uh, should not be playing against. Him. I don't. I don't even from.
3: consider Kansi here. He's a totally different kind of interior yeah. player. Like that's not the kind of guy they would draft. So I think they are looking at a Maisie Smith or as we mentioned Brazi and uh, yeah, I, I have him linked to Maisie Smith as well, who Jeremiah has called the best run blocking interior player or run run tackling interior player in this entire draft. Okay.
4: And just to play devil's advocate a little bit here, I, I tend to think it's going to be a, a defensive lineman, but. Buffalo's also a team that we've heard linked to possibly getting DeAndre Hopkins, wanting to add some more wide receiver talent to the other side of, of Stefan Diggs. Um, and, and if we had a guy like Quentin Johnston you know, dropping here, would he be in play there for, for Buffalo? And I think on the outside chance, you know, he definitely could. But I, I think as of what I'm looking at based on their roster and what's going to be coming off, I think defensive tackle and defensive line is definitely the play for them.
1: I agree. Also, we're like – where they don't have a lot of picks this year, I don't think. Where, like, if you're a team trying to win a Super Bowl, like, wide receiver would make a lot of sense in terms of, like, immediate impact, even though – which is an argument in itself. Um, but wide receiver was the favorite for first position to be taken until recently, which um, I might have had to do with D-line being the favorite now. But um, I agree with that point
3: 100%. Also, it seems like a lot more NFL teams are down on Drew Sanders than considering – had like a first round talent. So Jack Campbell, I think is in play here and he's pretty much the only off ball linebacker. You should even consider going in the first round. Um, not that he'll be picked here, but this is where it starts is right here in place of a linebacker that slips my head. Cause I had three glasses of white wine. Uh, Trenton Simpson. Thank you. Jack so Campbell. Much. Uh, the bills linebacker, uh, Milano.
0: Oh yeah. Matt Milano. Right.
3: Thank you. Yeah. yeah.
0: For no help. I like I you Sanders. Um, I don't know. He's an Alabama prospect. He can rush the edge and you know, he could play more traditional linebacker. But doing my linebacker homework, you know, these guys come in and you know, they, of course they yeah. start to, you know, accumulate seven and a half, eight and a half uh, tackles per game here when you start looking at these kids.
1: But when so, you don't have a when you don't have a lot of picks, like using one of them on like a non-premium position. Offensive. I just yeah. What? It's offensive. Yeah, offensive. yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it just doesn't uh yeah.
0: Four picks to go. No tight ends off the board. And Dangle wants to sell me uh, over two and a half tight ends. We are... uh, The Cowboys actually took one, but uh, sure, Zay Flowers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've been pushing back on this is just a spot too where I don't think it's a a need. And I think that there are... It's actually... You can make a case that it's one of the... Not necessarily a deep position, but there are other tight ends outside of these top three guys um, that can be addressed here if the Bengals wanted to add one. But it is a very popular selection and mock drafts. I assume we'll end up doing that here uh, because of the way that the
1: board has fallen VR. But what are your thoughts on the Bengals at 28? So this is one of the more trendy spots for a tight end, which I think if you're deciding between Kincaid and Michael Mayer here, like I'm definitely defaulting to Kincaid. Um, I think this would almost be considered him falling. But if all the tight ends are on the board still, um, it definitely has me thinking that like if all the tight ends are here, like everyone's gotten pushed up the chances of one of the five still being in the second round, let's just say could be a lot greater, uh, but Kade makes a ton of sense. If it's not a tight end, it's very difficult to pinpoint where they got well, I would say maybe corner, um, where they drafted safety last year, who he was forget it. That was like one of the greatest bets ever. That was like the first round trendy pick. Who was the guy Dax Hill? Mm-hmm. That was the Emmanuel Forbes of this year. Um, and Lewis. Yeah. Seen. Yeah. Lewis Sein um, Kincaid, I just I Kincaid over. Like, if the Lions are going tight end, I see them taking Michael Mayer. If the Bengals are going tight end, I see them going Kincaid. In which the team that goes tight end is going to decide between the relevant question that everyone's debating on every podcast on which tight end goes first. Um, So yeah, Kincaid bet's win.
4: So the players that, I, that I'm that i looking at that I think are in play here, I, I, I tend to agree. I think it's going to be Kincaid. I think he fits that offense a, a little bit more. They've had meetings with both Kincaid and Michael Mayer. The other player, I think when you start talking cornerback, it's another, another team that's been well-connected to Emmanuel Forbes, doing their homework on him. He's a player I could see here. They have not had a meeting that I've been able to track with uh, Darnell Washington. So – when that's a, a name that I've been starting to see linked more and more here to the Bengals. And then uh, Jameer Gibbs is a, another player I've been seeing, Ooh. like, kind of linked here. Um, the player that they have had talks with and, and multiple meetings with is Dewan Jones, if they were to go offensive line. But here in this position, all the mocks that I track, you're looking at, at a tight end here, and I think Dalton Kincaid's the pick here
0: this is where I was landing uh Anton Harrison often because you know Jonah Williams is looking to get out um they need a tackle they are a very very pass-heavy offense protecting their assets and supporting the passing game makes a ton of sense to me too so I can I can get down on the Juwan Jones thing but we will go with Kincaid the first tight end off the board um and the slide continues for Michael Mayer a little bit longer um but Daigle You can make the case that there's uh, the slide ends here or you have another tight end you want to add to the mix. I
3: I just want to quickly (laughs) say that although he childishly yelled at me last off season, I hold no grudges and respect Joe Goodberry. I think he does (laughs) amazing work. And so he has a big board of the Bengals and he's usually locked into these things because he's a fan and uh, he's a passionate fan, which I don't understand the balance there with the reporter, but whatever, no big deal. And on his big board, He has Kalijah Kansi, Dalton and Cade, and Michael Mayer in that order, of the players we should pay attention to. So I'll just say, based off of Goodberry, who again, I think does amazing work despite what he thinks about me, that (laughs) it would be Kansi going to either the Lions at 18 or the Bengals, and then otherwise you should, in my opinion, have Kansi off of your big board, like out of the first round. Or if you think they go tied in, Kincaid over Mayor. That's how I have it planned based on Goodberry. So he's doing good work out there. And then also going back to number 29 for the Saints, I'm personally linking them to Darnell Washington here. Um, the underdog boys, Josh Norris and Hayden Winks, have already somewhat connected the Saints to bringing in Foster Moreau. Uh, Initially wanting to sign a tight end, despite giving Jawan Johnson $13 guaranteed, a whole lot of money, not only for the tight end market, but for an unrestricted free agent. That's wild. They just gave him that kind of money. Um, But then also still having, as Nick Underhill has told us at NewOrleans.Football, an RAS threshold and Washington will be the highest among all the available tight ends here. So I I honestly think it makes a lot of sense that Washington, especially if we think we get two or three
0: first round tight ends, Washington is the pick here. Uh, Scott, this is your uh, neck of the woods Any uh, insight on the, uh, the saints and what they do here.
4: Look, I I'll be straight up honest with this one. And Underhill's the man. When it comes to New Orleans football, he is yes. the most tuned-in guy down here. There's a lot of other local guys that do but that do solid work, but when it comes down to New Orleans football, if Underhill says it, then that's pretty much the way I would lean. I think it does make a lot of sense as to to what you're looking at with them looking for a tight end. I don't think Jawan Johnson, while he did have a good year last year, I don't think he's quite the answer. I think uh, that they're going to be looking for another person. And, look, I, th- I think Quentin Johnson's in uh, in play here as well. I think they could be looking for another wide receiver. Um, it, it's hard to say here with the Saints. They've lost a lot on the defensive line, but I have had them linked to, to Darnell Washington as well.
0: I think they've lost a lot on the defensive line. I think I've uh, been kind of where I've been at, mixing in different guys depending on where they fall. Um, they've lost a lot. Uh, Edge Rusher, uh, you know, Shy Tuttle, Marcus Davenport. They brought in Kalen Saunders from the Chiefs. Big body, but again, that's a guy that's playing—you know, forty percent of the snaps or something like that. Like, they need some some help up front. Uh, they lost a lot in the front seven, so um, breezy, Kansi makes a ton of uh, sense to me here as well. Um, I know you guys are passionate. Again, I I get. I just think that Juwan Johnson they gave him a ton of money and like uh, Sam LaPorta is here later there's some, like there's some other tight ends uh, you know Tyler Croft there's some other guys that I think are out there that you can go out and get instead of spending at the first round but uh, maybe well, that's how they want to address the defensive line
4: the other name that they have been linked to on the defensive lines on the board right here and Felix and Nduke Uzomo, mm-hmm. he's a guy that they have had multiple meetings with. Um, they they have been sniffing around and, and doing their homework on him, and I do believe that he is going to go ahead and meet some of their relative athletic score thresholds and some of the traits that they look for. So that's another guy I'd go ahead and keep an eye on. Jack I, Campbell
3: Jack Campbell, I, and Trenton Simpson also meet their personal RAS thresholds. Just a note.
1: Hmm. I, and I have no idea if this guy meets it anything, but Will McDonald just feels like, like he feels aligned with the edge rushers that they've taken in the past. Um. Yeah. Uh, Darnell Washington. He's, he's
0: got to go in on one of the next three. Will yeah. McDonald's <laughs> going in on one of the next three. So, uh-huh. Will
4: McDonald, from what I've been told, because I brought up Will McDonald from, to some of my Saints horses as well. And the concern with Will McDonald is that he's a little bit on the light side for what they want. You start looking at the way they go ahead and run that defense, specifically along, along the defensive line, and they tend to go a little bit heavier with their ends. Um, yeah. You start looking at Turner and and Cam Jordan, and then even um, who's the defensive lineman? They just lost to Detroit yeah, or Minnesota. I'm yeah, so that's that's my only concern and pushback on Will McDonald is the size.
1: I mean, what are what are Darnell Washington's second tight end off the board odds? They're probably not nah. really fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, plus,
3: plus, isn't it plus like six hundred something? It
1: it's gotta it's gotta be fun because Michael Mayer, poor guy, he's falling.
3: Well, if, um, if you're gonna do that, knowing that Kincaid has potential medical issues and NFL teams are down on Mayer's blocking, just take the plus take to ten to one at uh, Washington first tight end. Just bite the bullet.
1: Yeah, hey, do it. Ah, uh, yeah. I've so got it's like bets at this point. What's the yeah? Problem?
2: Washington plus three fifty second tight end. Washington plus uh, ten to one first tight end. Yeah. Uh I mean we're probably we're gonna only have two tight ends in this mock. So if we go tight end here, if we don't, then we're we're just gonna have one. Uh so I feel like we should probably have a tight end going here if we want to conform. But if we don't want to conform, then you know, let's do it. Fuck let's it. go just
1: Washington. No oh, son. of
2: I, I think Underwood. they're taking a defensive lineman. It makes uh, sense,
1: Noonan. I do so. too. The
0: dots I yeah. connect. I think they're definitely taking offensive lineman. I mean, defensive lineman here. <laughs> me um, too. Sc- continuing to scroll down.
3: <laughs> Give me a
2: minute. He's Sorry. not in PFS top 200, dude. That's not That's our problem. problem. Oh, it sounds like is a it?
0: personal
1: company problem.
2: Did Underwood is
0: Underwood? is
1: Underwood, is P- it, is Underwood P- implying Washington? Two. It's
3: it's one of the names P- he right. mentioned among uh, six or seven. Go to New like, Orleans. Football. Everyone. He does yeah. great work.
1: Like, that's the stuff I buy. Like That is yeah, like, of course. that is the core to it all. Kupensky, Biggs, Underwood. Let's go. All
0: right. So we gave the Eagles uh, Peter Skaronsky at pick 10. Um, I feel like everyone thinks they're going offensive line, defensive, either edge, defensive lineman, something there here at 30. Um, but, again, if you guys want to go off the board, again, the PFF board here is telling us wide receivers in need, and we still have Quentin Johnson. The board, uh, kind
2: of uh, eagles do. I mean, two hours, though, honestly, is pretty good. I mean, that's two hours without this happening. I mean, it's not bad, is fantastic. Yeah, hey, I uh, would take this to VR. What do you think, think about it, the Eagles, buddy? Uh,
1: I think, like, I think at 10, uh, they go O line, like, Breesy, feels very likely here. Um, premium position wide receiver, like. I get the wide receiver angle. Um, the corners are off the board. Like, I just think Brees, like, they're going to get, a ta- like, two of the three at least. Like, tackle, D-line, maybe corner. Um, they went Skaransky. I just think Brees, makes a lot of sense here as well. Um, Keon White just has, like, an Eagle vibe to me. Um, but, yeah, I, I honestly, like, best player available also works, um, which would be Quentin, I guess, according to PFF.
0: I don't think it's actionable, but notable that Keon White did get a uh, green room invite uh, for Thursday nights. Again, I don't think there is anything. Right, like,
1: wait, I forgot Will McDonald's on the board. Like, uh, yeah, Will McDonald makes a ton of sense too. Yeah, this is, this is also this
0: is also a Hendon
3: Hooker trade back position. This is the first time oh, where we should see it.
1: Oh, Hooker could have gone a lot at twenty nine too.
3: I, I may stick Hooker here just as a give up I'd be like first round player. Based on what NFL teams think, this is where we fit him in for a trade back.
2: Yeah, I don't do trades because I'm not a beta. End quote <laughs> Daigle.
3: <laughs> I would stick it to the Eagles. I would not mention the trade. I'd be like, hey, this is where he goes. I'll get yeah. points for it if he's picked at 30. So whatever.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's probably sharp because you're understand just gaming you're gaming the system. Yeah, you're gaming I the system. Understand the game. I think McDonald here or the next pick make a lot makes a lot of sense. Uh, but – I'm kinda down to go with whatever FAU as well, potentially. I don't know, Breezy. Like it seems like there's like six guys who could go in these like last few spots. Even Mayor.
1: I mean, the Eagles have had when they had Ertz and what's his name? Good like like Mayor if he's here, which I just butchered that. I, I How do you know not know Dallas's
2: last name? I love it. I love it so Mayor. I think you dropped that on an action yeah, pod he's French. Last year had me, uh, rolling.
1: Had me um, rolling. Like if Mayor's here, like like they're not expecting Mayor to be here. Use Google either. No, <laughs> Google
3: pronunciation.
1: Yeah, I want why don't you pronounce uh rank number 32's name? Feel like Scott <laughs> Scott nailed
2: it, dude. I I'm just going to rely on Scott. Scott killed it.
4: Felix and a Duke dude. and a DK Uzomo.
2: Oh, that's not the hardest one. It's the that's the Northwestern. No, no that's uh,
4: yeah, so, yeah, the Northwestern ones stuff. So Adam, look, when, when we're yeah, talking Adam. about the players here for Philadelphia, <laughs> the majority of the work that they've done meeting wise are going to be players that fall into this category, in this range where it's like plus, you know, four or five picks either way. Um, the the Northwestern kid that we were talking about, Atitomiwa Adabowari. You're
3: my boy, Scott. Good job. On
4: the back. Uh, he's actually a, a player that that Howie Roseman's come out verbally and and, and said that that he he loves the the kid. Um, I think he ran like a four four nine or something at at like two hundred and eighty something pounds. Um, but but all of these guys they they've had meetings with. Um, Emmanuel Forbes has had a top thirty meeting with them, so another spot where he would possibly fall in. Just just when you start linking Emmanuel Forbes to a lot of these teams and the top thirty visits he's had, I think that makes him a lock there. But Will McDonald, um, we talked about some of the. Uh, the other like Brian Brzee, you know, all of these guys, Maisie Smith, you know, they, they, they've put in a lot of work to, to some of the prospects that are going to go ahead and fall in this range, um, including some of the tackles, Anton Harrison and and others. So this is a spot where I think you can go ahead and, and pencil them in. I think Brian Brzee probably going to be the top of line prospect here and the way they like to build from the inside out. I would tend to lean a little bit more in his direction. Yeah, but uh,
0: Hargay moving on to uh, San Francisco as well, I think it makes a ton of sense. He's, uh, I think, a better fit than cansey too. So we'll go with Brian Breezy. And then, uh, I mean, I think Will McDonald had, could have gone in any of the last few spots. Um, I feel like I very similar to, I feel like I was doing a little bit of, uh, you know, in the mentions and replies and was is digging around and uh, front of the show, former PFF guy, now at Sumer Sports, Eric Eager, very plugged into uh, all of the, trappings of the Chiefs um, somewhat insinuated that he does not believe that Will McDonald will be here, but if he does, uh, does not believe that he makes it past this spot. So I feel like this is a pretty safe um, you know, last landing spot for Will McDonald unless anyone has any pushback.
1: Yeah, and I, I think Zeroline on one of the podcasts said in his last mock he just like completely forgot about well, Will McDonald. And if he had remembered, he would have put him, I think, here and he thinks he's gonna go way before this. Uh, but the only thing on the Jeremiah on one of the podcasts this week, it was very subtle. He mentioned that the dude from Northwestern, right. I'm going to try to pronounce his name. He's going to have at the chiefs for his, in his mock, his final mock on Wednesday. Hmm. Um, yeah. But I am assuming Will McDonald wasn't available for his final mock either. Um,
0: well, I mean, we, we put Darnell Washington in this mock, so we definitely have made some mistakes. There's some, some spots for other people to be in here. So uh, I don't hate that at all messing with they angle, so they'll do it that is the uh, man only two hours in the ET minutes it's not bad let's see how our uh how we graded here i wanted to look yep, at some of these guys that are available People can deal with
1: it
2: i love the grading yeah, like fun. as if like they know like no yeah. one knows <laughs> it's just we're gonna get a let's see probably a pretty bad grade because quinn johnson didn't go to, he was like their number six player on the board so
1: all right let's see what happens let's tweet that out
2: <laughs> do we want, want to let's do it I don't it.
1: think this is that bad I, I think this was Where's I mean F who's great nobody knows shit anyway um, I think <laughs> this is totally fair yeah, we're going to get,
0: a, we're gonna get a, a grade? isn't it usually great
1: yeah. like Washington's nope. the only like really drunk spot
3: what <laughs> that's your one Washington
1: <laughs> I think I mean in this mock would be totally different if Levis didn't go to I guess. Yeah. But he's going too. He
3: he has to, yes, yes, that's that's what I've heard, apparently.
0: <laughs> All right, we've been here, we've been here. All right, hey, ship chasing goes for three hours, okay? They can hang out, that's not a problem. You are right, you are correct. All right, uh, we will have more mock drafts on the site, so i check that out. We've been making those free over at 444.com. Reminder again, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, we'll continue to stay plugged in if you want to get the bets that we're making. Uh, Jump into Discord at 444, go to 444.com slash plans, get the betting subscription, or you can go over and download the Vivid app. Uh, Vivid's a Pick'em site. Uh, You're familiar with Vivid Seats. They also have Pick'em games that you're familiar with. Um, Download that app, deposit a minimum of $5. They'll match your deposit up to 200 bucks. so you can go uh, much bigger than that if you want. But the minimum $5 deposit with promo code 444bet, uh, and you will get a... three-month betting subscription to 4-4. So you won't get anything during the football season, uh, but you get everything else that we do on the site between now and then. Scott does great work on the MMA side, still grinding NBA playoffs, um, lots of other great stuff coming in the future. So you get a little bit of our future work here and all the uh, NBA and NFL draft stuff as well. Um, VR, where can everyone find all of your fantastic work? They got to buy your sheet, right? They can still buy your sheet?
1: Oh, yeah. Vegas refund on Twitter. It's pinned to the top. Yeah, it's great. Sign up. Good selling point. It's really, really expensive. Thirty-five dollars. Um, wow, Michael Mayer already getting steamed off of our mock draft. Wow, just kidding. It's um, not great. Um, it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh.
0: Yeah, we didn't get an actual grade. I don't know. I, I you know, I give it an, uh, a solid A minus. I think we did. I think we did pretty well. There was a, a good amount of mutual respect here on the board. I and, agree. Uh, you know, I think Scott probably wanted to go a little bit different at the top. We very much leaned, I think, on him on the bottom. So I think we we you know try to balance it out a little bit. But you know, Scott will have uh, a final mock on the site at 444.com that you'll want to read here in the uh, in the coming days. So and- we all have to have the final drafts submitted by uh, Wednesday evening. So look for those either Wednesday or Thursday on the site. What you got, VR?
1: No, I was just gonna say like the top of the draft, like the strong opinions, like are there because there's only a couple ways you could go. But when you get to the end of the draft, like anything can go where the process is so much smoother. Um, I don't even know why I'm bringing this up, but you called me I, out. so. I uh, think uh, I'll, yeah.
3: I'll probably have something different on Monday too. I, I got a lot of thoughts burning in my head. So I'll probably have like a Daigle's 10 thoughts on the draft article for everyone too.
0: I got some ideas. I mean, hate, to, hate to see this Daigle. Uh, well reasoned on everything fell as Daigle broke up. The <laughs> Sorry, <purple> Silva. <laughs> Sorry, Silva. I
1: can't, I can't I just it. let
3: the man live. He's happy. I can't let him live.
1: I mean, there is some, some true loyalists in here sat after that entire two years. Shout out to you, plus loyalty points.
0: Yeah, we very much appreciate that. While you're here hanging out, uh, like on the video goes a long way. Uh, sub to the channel, 444 4 Bets. We have a 444 4 YouTube page as well if you want uh, more of Daigle and, you know, underdog and, pre, you know, redraft and all that stuff. That's over there as well. Uh, Connor Scott and I have been hanging out here on the uh, bets channel so check that out so good stuff as always gentlemen we appreciate it very much so for Connor Dago, Scott VR I'm Ryan we'll see you all a bunch next week we'll probably do